It is said that in the final days of planet Earth, everyone had bad dreams. They forgot. Except for one. Perhaps he's coming back. Oh, that would make my Christmas. You should not have delayed. Every night, Doctor. Every night we have bad dreams. Never. That man is dead. Never, never, never die. Part of him survived. The darkness heralds only one thing. Never die! The end of time itself. I'm going to die. There is no human race. There is only the master race. He will knock four times. For Gallifrey. For Gallifrey. For victory. For victory. For the end of time itself. The final act of your life is murder. To which one of us? The link is broken. Back into the time war, Rassilon. Back into hell. Gallifrey Falling! Gallifrey Falling! I'm alive. I'm still alive. I could do so much more! So much more! My reward. But it's not Oh. Sometimes I think the Time Lord lives too long. No, no, please, please don't. No, don't, don't! Please don't, please! Wilfred, it's my honor. It started. I'll be there. Where are you going? To get my reward. Hello. Okay, mm, you cheat. So where was I? Oh, that's right. I'm the Doctor. I'm burning up a sun just to say goodbye. I'm a Time Lord. The big ball. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casterberus. I'm old enough to know that a longer life isn't always a better one. I'm 903 years old and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. We will sing to you, Doctor. The universe will sing you to your sleep. You'll see me again. You've got all of that to come. You and me. Time and space. You watch us run. This song is ending. But the story never ends. I don't want to go. Hello, Alan Z. Merry New Year, and welcome to the podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's who do you think you are? Ah, uh, Doctor Who retrospective here on Best Film Ever. I'm Ethan. And my name is Ian, and where I'm from, we don't say Merry New Year, we say Happy New Year. Yeah, I realized that halfway through, but a uh, little, little producer's uh, No, we, we had to restart this because I forgot the final Alon Z. Yeah. Our final ever Alon Z before we go on to the next catchphrase because we're doing. Oh. The end of time, part one and two. David Tennant's final, his regeneration episode. Yeah. Can't even say final episode anymore. No, we can't say final episode. We can say the. Yeah. We can say the last episode of his run, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and not just that. The last, well, the last episode of the first era of Russell T Davies. Uh, but but as, as we knew for a long time, this would be the last one, and it's 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 an important one. I, I mentioned Happy New Year because. 
the day this comes out, not only is it the 1st of January 2022, not only is the day that we launch our Patreon, follow that in the links below and on our Twitter, but this is the 11th anniversary of the End of Time Part 2, the episode where Tenant regenerates into the 11th Doctor. For the 11th anniversary, we the, the laws of time were, were mine for this one, and I had to take it. I had to take the opportunity. It's all very timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, the way that's come together. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, f- for us, that's next year for us. Yeah, it's for still us. 2021. We're, we're looking far we, into the future. We work so hard, and there's so many days ahead of schedule as we record this. <laughs> um, you know, the leaves are just starting to change. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's actually August. We haven't recorded Rose yeah, yet. That's yeah. how on top of this we are. Back to school shopping is in full swing. Uh, results yeah. day for GCSEs here in England <laughs> are just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an exciting one. We've we had Christmas. Um, I I also wanted to give a bit of time just in case because there was there was the illusion that we uh, that we mentioned last episode that Russell T Davies might announce something on Christmas. That didn't happen. No, I was no, I was wrong. I was wrong, everyone. But but also, I just realized that the day this episode comes out as well for everyone listening, it's Doctor Who Day. We have our our episode of Doctor Who until like the Easter. So enjoy Eve of the Daleks. Your oh, I thought Flux was over. Is it not over? Flux is over, but this is our New Year special. Oh, it's a special. Yeah, yeah, this is a, this is the our equivalent of the Christmas special. So our, our New Year's. Mm. So enjoy Eve of the Daleks, the Dalek Groundhog Day episode, time loops, and John Bishop. I'm, All right, I'm 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 optimistic, but what I'm not optimistic about because I have full full hope for this episode is the end of time part one and two because we've we've got a lot to cover in this like two and a half hour special. Z, let's a, go. This is an epic. It is. It uh, is. I watched this while wrapping Christmas presents. I, I watched this a couple of weeks ago and thankfully I had like the wiki to make notes and some lines I already had because this is a long one. Yep, so we open with a very sultry, beautiful voice saying, it is said that in the final days of planet Earth, everyone had bad dreams, but everyone forgot those terrible dreams except one man. And that man for us is Wilfred Mott, played by the incredible Bernard Cribbins. I think the, the, the best special companion we can get for this a national treasure and uh, yeah it was nice that it was someone we were familiar with and that lets us bring that relationship already into the dynamic of a doctor's mm. final special after taking yeah. you know a route with a bunch of um a bunch of special one-time onlys it was nice to come back to a familiar face and someone who's had a very interesting relationship with the doctor since he first saw him in in 2007 Ooh. Yep, yep. Um, wow. we, we 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 covered that one. Um, yeah, whatever it was called, it's something that the, the Titanic, the, the Voyage of the Damned, yeah, the Voyage of the Damned, and we got our first glimpse at uh, at Wilf, and then uh, yeah. and then who would have thought that the, the, his <laughs> his time would 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 come to an end? Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves, yeah. and we need to get on with it. Yeah, because. Uh, Wolfson in in London on Earth doing his Christmas shopping and he's having visions of the master laughing maniacally but but that can't be because the master was dead he died in series three so something evil's going on so Wolf goes to church to try and cleanse his spirit and to stop seeing these visions and in the church he notices that there's a stained glass panel and has the TARDIS on it 
And this mysterious woman all in white tells him the story of the sainted physician who came and exercised a demon uh, from, from attacking the humans. And she says that this physician might return. And Wolf says that that would just make his Christmas as he, as he turns to speak to her again. She's gone. But he has the visions once more of the master. And that's where we end. Before we get the titles for the end of time part one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Pretty accurate. Yeah. That's what I saw on my screen. Yeah. On the other side of the galaxy, the doctors arrive to see the Ood, who we last saw in uh, the Waters of Mars, who first gave him the card to see them. Mm. And this is this is peak doctor full of vain. He he has a straw hat and he's got full of vanity, full of vanity, my young Padawan. The word is vanity. You can't be full of vain, full of vanity. Doctor Vain Glorious. There we go. And uh, he emerges and he's got, he's just full of ego. And he's like, oh, you know, I did all these things. I named a Galaxy Allison, married Queen Elizabeth, saw the phosphorus carousel of the great Magellan Gestalt. Was it Queen Elizabeth? Sure. Who was it? Oh, uh, no, it's Queen, it's Queen Elizabeth. Because um, in the 50th, they go back to it. Because like, oh, good Queen Bess. Ooh, oh, Bess. Anymore. That's right. As he called her Bess. Yeah, 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 my, yeah. Bad. my bad. You're right there. And he even sees upgraded the TARDIS so that he can uh, lock it like a car door. And Ud Sigma doesn't care because the doctor's been is light and he needs to show him. And as we as we walk through, we see the massive city of the Ood that the doctor helped start the building of because Donna and him freed the slaves all those many, many years ago. But it turns out it was only a hundred years. And the doctor realizes that this is serious and he stops being cocky and funny because is it too fast for them to build a civilization that quickly? Yeah, so someone who plays a lot of civilization on on the on the PlayStation, it takes a long time <laughs> to progress that far. So, uh, yeah. so yes, he's playing it on chieftain level. The Udar, everybody's <laughs> on chieftain. And is that they they go through? They see that uh, something's happening in the past. It's creating temporal distortions, which is meant that Ud can evolve at a faster space than they probably should. But it's not just the city because. Ood Sigma's ability to reach into the past to contact the Doctor is something that shouldn't be anywhere near the Ood's evolution. So he goes to see the Ood elders and they all join hands. And this is the, the purest Ood's who have their, their brains uh, out of them instead of the little balls. Yep. And um, they show him a vision of the master and it scares the Doctor because obviously... He was told he will knock four times. The way that he will die is he will knock four times. And the doctor sort of brings everyone up to speed who hasn't seen all of series three. The, the master was a t- time lord who went evil and insane. And uh, they shouldn't be scared because he died back in series three. He was killed by his wife, Lucy, who he tricked into believing that he was this great being who took over all of the United Kingdom and the year that never was. Yeah, this feels like one we should have covered. It what this is the thing we had so much to do yeah. in so little yeah. time yeah, right. and because it's it's a, it's three it's three episodes we could yeah. I couldn't find time anywhere to do I was sitting there three going, episodes sitting there going, we do this one this feels important surely we would have it, it it was such an important one but yeah. there was so many that we had to do yeah no you're fine this is the culmination but we find out from the doctor through this uh, this quick recap that even though he died he was shot he refused to regenerate so he died and. The doctor burnt his corpse to ensure that no one could harvest his body or use it to bring him back. But the Ood tell him that he was wrong. And there was a part of him that lived on And An older woman, uh, we see, picked up the 
the the ring of the master in the the finale of series three and starts laughing and that's the person who's going to bring the master back to life and at this point the doctor doesn't want to hear more he needs to leave because this is on him if i may this episode is full of so much let me explain how this has happened this this episode is, is tell don't show the whole way through Oh yeah, this episode builds up to do episode t- uh, part two, and part two builds up to go oh. fun. It's just all tell, 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 tell. Yeah, so there we are. This is what I'm going to end up doing a lot of expo, not just like the dialogue and fun bits. Yeah. So the doctor has to leave because it's his fault. He was late because he was gallivanting off doing whatever, and the ood before the doctor can leave show him that. Wilfred is frightened of what's to come, and there's a king in his counting house, which would be uh, our, our pseudo-villain of the episode, I guess, of Joshua Naismith, the, the rich billionaire. And he, the doctor's uh, concerned yeah. about Donna. He wants to know that Donna's okay, but you just warn him that the master is the only herald of the danger that's returning from the, the darkness, and their eyes turn red and they say that it's the end of time itself. The doctor knows what that is, so he bolts out. He runs to the TARDIS, unlocks it with the little car door open thing, which I thought was cute. And he goes feverishly for the controls. He he tries to get back to London before the master can be brought back to life, but the TARDIS doesn't want to yet, and it just sparks and sort of blows up a little bit before he can get back to 2009, the present day for this episode. Yeah, like he could have got like a week earlier. Like you don't have to it's go really like five weird. minutes before. Yeah. Like it's the whole like Back to the Future thing. Like you could you could give yourself a couple days. This is always the thing that I find so interesting. Well, not interesting. Weird about Doctor Who is like time moves linear for the Doctor, but not everyone else. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So there is a countdown with time and space, which I I I, I get. They have the personification of time being in control, and it's the end of time. Blah blah blah. And what's yeah. going to happen? But yeah. But in the present day, Lucy Saxon, the woman who killed the master and killed Harold Saxon to the uh, the eyes of the public, is in prison. And her warden, the woman who took the ring from the charred corpse of the master, brings her to br- essentially bring the master back to life because they're in a chamber underneath. And it turns out that there are loads of people part the, the disciples of the master of Harold Saxon, a, a cult to the, the dead prime minister, which they all somehow knew that he was actually a time Lord and he was from another world. And they knew about the year that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. They never really go further into that. Yeah, there's sure. a lot. There's a lot that don't go further into in this one. Yeah. Uh, they put the, these potions into a bowl and they add the master's ring and the only thing they need is his DNA. So they take it from Lucy's lips. But sure, disp- because the last time that we saw Lucy, the master kissed her, but that was in 2007. That was two years ago. Yeah. Or two and a half years ago. So somehow the master's DNA is still there. Yeah. And the ceremony works. The, do- uh, the master comes back to life saying that, oh, he's never dying, never, never dying. He swirls in all this energy and he says, oh, hi, Lucy. It's okay because I'm going to kill them all. You're the reason I died. But now 
everyone will die because I'm hungry. But Lucy, even though she says that she wasn't bright, but her family were rich, they had connections. Oh, this gonna, They've got a potion of death to, to blow him up. And they just explain. She went from being terrified of what's happening to yeah. actually, I knew all this would happen and we've prepared for you. And therefore yeah. I've got, oh, this sucked. This came out of nowhere and it's just to go, hey, the master blew up. He's not, he's not fully alive. He's just, he's, he's this weird zombified state. It also gets rid of the Lucy Saxon problem. Saxon, yeah, it gets, yeah. it gets rid of Lucy, which is a shame because I've, I like the, the, the character of yep. Lucy or like yep. how she was done, but Lucy's dead now. And, uh, the, the prison blows up, killing God knows how many. And somewhere else in London, Joshua Naismith and his daughter look at, cctv footage of the prison blowing up and they see a shadow run past the camera and they immediately go oh that's harold saxon that's gotta be harold saxon <laughs> and yeah. uh his daughter's like well that that's uh that's my christmas present sorted and they uh they cancel christmas for the staff because he uh yeah, he cancels their Christmas because they're going to work overtime to try and bring in Harold Saxon to get him to do whatever his plan is. At the same time, our friend Wilf is uh, lying to Sylvia, saying that he's going to go for drinks with his friends, but instead he and a bunch of old pensioners are planning to try and find the Doctor using drawings and very vague references because old people know gossip. Yeah, so the, the the whole goal is basically I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend that this guy was here and he looks like this, so we'll go and find him. And he's off to try and find the doctor. Meanwhile, again, there's a lot of meanwhiles this time. Yeah. Uh we've got two homeless people getting some sandwich, some burgers really from a burger van. In the and, middle uh, in the middle of nowhere. Like this burger, in the middle of this burger van is not thinking location, location, location. Yeah, it's a burger van inside essentially a, a quarry. Yep. Like it's not even disguise, it's just a quarry. Like, you're not getting not any, like some different outside locations. of these two these two homeless guys, you're getting no walk up yeah. traffic here. But we have a man in a hood arrive and he asks uh and he gets asked for his order. He pulls his hood off and he it's the master, but this time he's he's blonde and he's hungry. Can I just so, say that I'm so I hungry? I really like John Sim. Oh, uh, I think he's great. And I rely John Sim as the master, and it's a shame that they never give him anything good to work with. No, it's it's really weird, because I like him in the series uh, three. I'm going to say two parts of him, because he's not in the first part. Yeah. I really like him as in that. I love him in, I think, it's the world enough in time the Doctor Falls, the, the 12th Doctor story, though... I wish I didn't know that beforehand, BBC. Yeah. But I really like his yeah. character there. I think it's it's a great character study of the master. This one, he's in this. Is all I can say. Yeah. He's well, in it. When we get to it. There's part, much like a lot of this this thing. There's pockets where um, it lets him have some really nice moments. Um, yeah. But overall, it's just it's it's he's a cartoon, unfortunately. And yeah. It's not because of him. It's because of the writing. It's because it's because of how they do it, which is it's a shame. And uh, he he jumps down all of a sudden to where the homeless men are, and he's because he's he, got superpowers this time. He's got superpowers. He's an Avenger. He scarfs his his burger, and uh, the homeless goes like, "That's not what you want to do. You need to <laughs> I, I savor love, it." I love how one guy's instructing the other guy on how to eat. 
<laughs> He's teaching them how to eat. Look, you've been here for a Don't while. Eat too quickly. My name is Phil. I'm gonna teach you how to eat. All right. <laughs> It's okay. He's like, this is Ginger. He don't talk much. No. But but Ginger wants to talk because like, you look like that bloke, Aaron Saxon, who, who went mad. And he's like, ha, 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 about that. I am. And he has this moment of, of cartoon insanity. He's like, that's that's funny. I'm the master of disguise. I need to get the filthy stink off me. And just he goes to town on a napkin to try and wipe off his stench <sighs> and turns into a skeleton for yeah. a second. Now, granted, this isn't the first time the master's been like in a weird skeletal form. Yeah. But the last time he was, he was like this decaying thing, and that was supposed to signify the end of his his regeneration. How insane he's got! This is weird. This is really. I, I, this is showing that the regeneration or the resurrection, whatever you want to call it, got botched, yeah. and that it didn't. Yeah. It didn't fully take. But it's still it's still goofy as hell. Oh, yeah, but yeah. anyway. Anyway, uh, he does his skeleton thing. The two homeless guys are terrified. So they run off and they go to speak to the lady in the van and uh, they don't find who they thought they would. They don't find Maggie Smith, the lady in the van. They just find a skeleton. Was, they that, find wait, whoa, 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 was that Maggie Smith? The, no, no, no. The, the movie, the lady in the van. Oh, okay. Okay. I made a you're, funny you're, joke. You're making no a girl. reference that I didn't get. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but they find skeletons perfectly positioned in their clothes yeah. with their with their, their, their flesh taken off. And they turn around and see the master scream, dinner time, <laughs> jump up oh, and geez. fly back down. And I cackle. <laughs> Yeah, I did. But at the same point, at the same point, the doctor arrives in the junkyard a bit afterwards and he sees the master and the master senses him. So the master's choice is to get a pipe and smack a trash can three, uh, four times to the beat of the drums. And he, he and the doctor have a little chase. But before the, the doctor can get to him and tell him, you know, his, his life's burning up. Wilf, Wilf and his, his gang of pensioners have, have come to stop him That's and right. have a, a really weird sexual harassment joke from Minnie the Menace, who yeah. likes to squeeze the doctor's butt for a photo. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, it was like, it's okay because she's old and a woman. I'm like, it was weird. I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Nah, uh, but this is just to get uh, Wilf and the doctor to arrive uh, and meet together, and they go to a cafe instead to have a, a conversation. And the doctor wants to know why they keep bumping into each other because this is the third time they've met just by chance. And the doctor tells him that he's going to die because he was told he'll knock four times. And this is then when we get a a, a little conversation that kind of bugs me. And this, I I understand the reason uh, because for, for those who don't know... David Tennant, for the entire run of uh, the the revival at this point, was the Doctor. There was Christopher Eccleston, but he was the Doctor the longest for the show. So this episode is basically the death of everyone's Doctor. And he continues this by going, well, I'll basically die and some new guy walks off who isn't really me. And I don't, I don't like that because it feels like they're writing Matt Smith and anyone who follows into the whole of, well, it's, it's not me anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Well, no, but that's what every doctor has to feel. 
I know, but it's but the way but the way that it's said this time is very like dismissive and well, it's it's I, I don't I, it's it's not the same for me. But this is a doctor. I, I got the I got the understanding for the for the character. This is a doctor who's still yeah. wrestling with the idea of what he should do and is he bigger than the rules yeah. of time in the universe? And so I can give him that 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 disrespect for his own self and another generation. I I get that and I'm okay with that and I think actually it's part of what makes this doctor him. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. I, I do get it. I just As opposed don't like, to, boy, I, I can't wait who I turn it, into yeah. next. Oh, I bet yeah. you he's going to be great. I bet he's going to have long hair yeah. and be ginger this time. And be a big but chin. They, they have, yeah, but they have the conversation. They all get emotional because the, the, neither of them want the other one to die. And uh, before they can continue, the doctor sees Donna again because she's outside the, the cafe with her new fiance, Sean Temple. Yep. And uh, he, uh, Wolf tells him, you know, he's nice enough. They don't really make ends meet. They have a tiny little flat, but uh, they she's happier than she's been before. But there's still points where he sees that Don is upset, like she's she's missing something and wants to be somewhere else, but doesn't know why. And he pleads to the doctor. He asks her, "Oh, go up and see her, say hello to her." And the doctor is like, "No, I can't do that. She'll she'll die. She'll burn up." And uh, Wolf wants to know, you know, yeah. who who are you with now? He's like, oh no, I'm I'm all alone. I I made mistakes, and the doctor really, I he feels his regret. He he doesn't say explicitly, you know, the events of Waters and Mars, but he know he knows he's done yeah. wrong now, and he just starts to cry because he's got all of his all of his guilt. And uh, he asks if Donna would make him smile one more time, but before he, she can, she's gone off. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 a nice conversation. It's a nice conversation. We, as the audience, are frustrated because we want to see him talk to Donna, but we know that he can't talk to Donna, and it sort of implies maybe there's something more to come. Which all of which I'm okay with. Um, mm. you know, Donna and weddings. There's been a few of them. Um, <laughs> so there we go. And meanwhile, we then have a, li- a little a little pause, an act break, if you will, because we go back to our narrator, and this time he's revealed, and it is the incredible Mr. Bond. I have forgot to write the name because I thought I would remember. It's Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. I nearly put Timothy Spall because I watched Harry Potter yesterday. No, it's Timothy Dalton, um, yeah. who, you know, uh, if you've seen Hot Fuzz, he's in that. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen he's the a bo- killer and he must be stopped yeah if you've seen the bond movies he was in two of them um yeah not very good ones but he was in them uh <laughs> but it is it's it's a big get it's a big yeah, get. this it, is the shock is this it, is a is shock it, is it raffalon is that his name uh raffalon raffalon the, the 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 leader of the time lords for a long time um the one who at this point everyone is confused well if you're a classic fan or you've watched some of the classic stuff you go but raffalon's dead what the fuck's going on? He shouldn't be here. Uh, but it's revealed and he's saying, you know, he's scornful towards all of humanity and he speaks about how Christmas Eve turns into Christmas Day and the players are moving into their final positions. And At this point, human- I thought I was going on to the second episode. Of You'd the, think so. Of a double. You'd think. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I have. Because I was wrapping Christmas presents, and I'm going. You'd, you'd I must think have, it, <laughs> I must have just while while putting a piece of tape on. I must have missed the theme. Nope, I didn't. Nope. 
And uh, meanwhile, in uh, in the scrapyard, the master's having a, another meal and the doctor's found him and the master rubs his hands together and he, he's electric now. He's got electricity powers. So he fires a load of electric blasts at the doctor, which doesn't cause him to regenerate. He just sort of has a little bit of a tumble. Um, yeah. I understand the use of electricity for later in like, 90 minutes time in another episode yeah but it's so weird and it's never been it's never happened before well i guess, i'm gonna guess this is another side effect of the uh, yeah the fact that he wasn't complete is that he is super powered but he's temporary yeah it, yeah when when you don't regenerate properly you get the powers of iron man so um we're get, but we're getting they, told by the doctor you'll use all your life force and we're like okay yeah. life force is now a thing got it life force is a thing he's gonna do this he's gonna do that and uh Basically as the, the doctor's hit they, they make the master a character in a video game who's got so much life force power and yeah. he keeps using it to get to the end of his meter and then he'll like trip over a rock and die <laughs> But they have a they have a moment of sort of discussing their childhood, and as the doctor's sort of laying on the ground, still a bit in pain, uh, they they touch heads, and the doctor can hear the the sound of the drums, the one two three four, one two three four, from his mind, and the master's happy because it's real, it's real, and we get my favorite special effect of a green screen CGI master go, it's real, and quickly fly and turn away. It's yeah, the funniest, is, it's the funniest shot. It's usually shots of this quality are trying to sell me lottery tickets or something. But um, <laughs> I will say how much I liked how the one, two, three, four was worked into the score throughout this oh, double yeah, episode. It's, it's fantastic. It's really well done. Mm. And uh, as they, as the master celebrates and everything, he launched, he's launched himself into the sky. And uh, before they can have another chase, Naismith's men arrive and capture the master and they just smack the doctor in the head with a gun and knock him out. Is it possible that his, it's real, it's real, was him attempting to tell us all, but it wasn't as fake as we all thought it looked like? I think, I think, I think that's I'm supposed really to be. I'm really flying. <laughs> I this is the thing I, I love I love the master and the classic yeah, era so, oh, master, and, master and Missy and I just the, love the new one. I but. love any time there's a counterpoint for the doctor and his his polar yeah. opposite. Those you know, the Joker is an inter is interesting because it's the yeah. opposite of Batman, and so you have the master. Hell, even Romana. Like Romana was essentially a time lady who was kind of like the master, just less insane and yeah. had just less morals than the doc the doctor. I like those counter opposite yeah, those they're, counters they're, to him. They're good. I like foils. Literally yeah. and otherwise. Um just not when they're electrified. <laughs> John Sim deserves so much better than this crap. Yeah. If you if you've ever seen Life on Mars, he's fantastic in that. Yeah, I've seen Or Ashes to Ashes. I've seen some Life on Mars. He's very good. Um Yeah. yeah. But uh, we go back to the the Wilfred house, and uh, Donna and her fiance uh, arrive, and it's Christmas Day, and Donna's given Wilf a book called "Fighting for the Future" by Joshua Naismith, with the best cover Hang I've on. ever seen. Is it "Fighting for the Future" or "Fighting oh, the fight, Future"? Fighting the future. That's fighting it. the future. And um, he Wolf doesn't know why Donna's given it to him, but she's like, "Oh, just a." Uh, just thought you might like it you might you, i just felt like you needed it as if as if she's still in there somehow and 
He goes to watch the Queen's speech, but the Queen's not there. It's the woman from before who's talking to Wilf about his time in the war, and he never shot anyone. And he's he's defensive. Like, you say that like it's a bad thing that I never killed a single person. And, uh, you know, she tells him that he needs to take arms and not to tell the doctor of what's happened, only so his life can be saved. And Wilfred takes his old gun from the bed and the doctor contacts him by throwing a rock at his, at his window. And they, they have a little conversation about what's happening. And the doctor wants to, uh, he asks Wilf if uh, he's noticed anything strange. And Wilf tells them about, he goes to tell him about the woman, but he stops himself and goes to talk to him about uh, Donna and, and the mysterious book. And that's when the doctor sees the book and he sees the cover and he goes, I've seen that guy before because that's the man in the vision at the beginning that the Oods were talking about. And that means that uh, Donna's Time Lord subconscious is still working secretly to help. And Sylvia comes out, everyone's everyone's favorite uh, loving mother. <sighs> what is it about mothers and Doctor Who that I hate so much? I don't, I, I'm trying to think if there's like in the future, if there's ever a mum that's supportive. <sighs> I, I guess Amy counts. Amy Pond. Spoilers. Yeah, Amy, Amy counts. I <laughs> but guess. we don't know she's a mom at the time. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Yeah. But um, Sylvia comes out and she's angry to see the doctor again. He's like, if she, if Donna sees you, she'll die. And uh, that's when uh, the doctor and Wolf go and run away into the TARDIS because they want to get away from Sylvia. And she starts screaming at them to come back. And Donna comes outside and gives my favorite performance, I think, from Catherine Tate is the the not real Donna of just, are you shouting it thin air? Yeah. I I really like Donna. I love Catherine Tate's uh, performance in this because it's not the same one we used to, but it's still it's still fantastic. Disagree. <laughs> oh, oh, really? I don't like Catherine Tate here. I do not yeah. like her there. I do not like her on a chair. I do not like her anywhere. I do not like her in the street. Catherine Tate can always be beat. I do not like Donald Noble <laughs> Sam. I do not like them Sam I am. Ah, uh, see, this is the thing. I think we had, we had this conversation with the series four thing. I really do like Donna. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's it's she, it's a thing. I guess she's the antithesis of every bond. Yeah. Bond. Uh, look what you've done. <laughs> uh, she's the antithesis of every Doctor Who companion ever. But yeah, Catherine Tate just annoys me as a human being. It's 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 more a. a I think it's just a British thing because I've always I've grown up with Cass, Catherine Tate as a comedian, so I've always enjoyed her stuff. Yeah, I guess this was my introduction to yeah. it. I don't know if you would have had an introduction before this or not. I, I, mean, I watched like I watched the Catherine Tate show. I'd seen her do like uh, stand up and, and yeah. doing like panel shows, so I I knew of okay, her. Okay, so there's that. My mind was this, thing. and then it was uh, on, as Nelly on The Office, and I hated her. Yeah, and, uh, I thought yeah. it would be oh, terrible. So yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Wolf's in, in the TARDIS for the first time and he's shocked that it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And his only real response is just, I thought it would be cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to uh, the Naismith's mansion and the doctor's wheeled in and he's he's like bundled up, really, sort of like in a, what, what are they, the, um, the, like the skin tight insane asylum things. Straight jacket? Yeah, straight jacket. There we go. Oh, my notes say straight jacket. If I mm. look, literally look like a half an inch to my right. There you go. Uh, but he sees a, a massive device that's called the immortality gate, which can heal injuries and 
Uh, it turns out that May- uh, Naismith got the gate because uh, after the fall of Torchwood, which at this point would have ended earlier that had the series finale earlier that year, I think. That was so they're, that they're, was they're, they're bring, Yeah, they're they're bringing they're bringing everything in, and uh, the the gate is made up with two nuclear booths, which uh, one person will go can go in, one person can go out, but. Uh, someone always has to be in there. Remember that for later. Yes. And um, it turns out Abigail, uh, the daughter, learned about uh, Saxon's followers, his cult, and that turns out that Saxon was an alien called the Master, and they hope that the Master can fix the gate properly because Naismith wants to give his daughter the gift of immortality, which feels like less of a gift than more of a burden. Uh, it depends on what side of the... Uh yeah what side of the divide you're on i mean if you could keep your health sounds great yeah although it's, although we we find out from um oh what's her name Arya stark that it's yeah. uh it's not all it's cracked up to be nah nah and it, it's it feels like a monkey's poor thing that like oh yeah it sounds great but then you don't like it has all the all the small print but at the same point, the Doctor and Wilf arrive at the Naismith estate to hide the TARDIS uh, a second out of sync, which is something that's been happening uh, with the, the stolen Earth, where the planets were a second out of sync so no one could see them, so it happens again this time. And uh, they it's just so the Master can't get it because the last time that they, they encountered each other, the, the Doctor uh, had his TARDIS stolen by the by the master and caused all the problems but deep down in the naismith basement we have two uh scientists who are actually aliens which are just green banner cafalatas known as the vinvochi instead of the uh binvochi or whatever banner cafalata was because they're green instead of red because they're green and i uh i love this uh fact so much because it's so obvious the second you realize it they weren't painted green. Sorry? They the 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 green Vinvochi had like a, a prosthetic head thing of the, the spikes, but their faces were flesh colored. So they just painted them green in post. Oh, and okay. it's so painfully obvious because there are points where you just see their flesh that they they forgot to oh, is that right? correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, it is absolutely dreadful. The second I realized that, I went, ah, no. Another reason to hate the Vinvochi. Um, but the doctor can immediately sense that it's a it's a shimmer, as the doctor loves to say, deactivates it, and we see the true selves of the spiky green Vinvochi. And uh, who Wolf says a cacti, to which the tall one says that's racist. Oh, this is scraping the bottom of the barrel for humor. Yeah, the the, the entirety of the Vinvochi are like the most unfunny, annoying yeah. Russell T Davies isms there are. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Because the sad part along is with the effects, we're supposed to laugh to that joke. We are, and yeah. it's not good. In 2009, I'm sure we did. Maybe I'm sure I did. Maybe. Uh, but this is then when we get another exposition dump. Still not the final one for the episode, despite you got five minutes left. And this will we find out that the immortality gate uh, is able to heal life forms across entire planets using a genetic template. 
And this is then when the doctor realizes the master's plan and he rushes upstairs and he tells Naismith not to let the master anywhere near the gate. But it's too late because the master's used his electricity to blast his straitjacket off, jumps into the gate, and every single human is seeing the master in their minds. And Wolf begins to see it. So uh, the doctor tells Wolf to get in the booth. And that means that he can't see the master anymore because he's deterred from the radius and the radiation, I guess. And meanwhile, oh. every single human on Earth turns Shit. into the master. Well, they're all about shaking their face a bunch of times. Yeah. Sound effect. Um, it's very nice of the master to wait until we knew the doctor knew what the machine was about before he actually underwent his evil yeah. plan. That was nice. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, uh, Donna phones Wolf because because she's a metacrisis, she's immune because she doesn't have full human biology anymore. And she sees that oh. uh, Sylvia and her fiancé are doing a weird thing and her mm-hmm. fiancé's changed race. And uh, she starts to remember all of the things from her tenure on Doctor Who and she sees everything and she's in pain because the Time Lord energy is hurting her and Will's terrified and frightened for Donna's life and he warns uh, the doctor about what's going on and uh, the master wants to know what's happened and that's when the master tells everyone that there's no human race there's only the master race not a great line uh it's terrible (laughs) this also coincides we have they've been saying all episode that barack obama is going to give a speech because he's like Barack Obama's giving a speech. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he says he's gonna oh, fix Christmas the. Day. He's gonna fix the economy because because that's what the the problem is with the economy. Just no one's announced how they're gonna fix it yet. It's not that it's a complicated issue. He's just gonna do no. it. And thank God America is here to fix the economy for everybody. What a there's load of crap. There's something painfully unfortunate, and I don't know if Russell T Davies did this on purpose to show how evil the master is. But the the concept of showing that the master has changed everyone's race to be white and then declaring himself the master race is really unfortunate. I, it, it was all for the wordplay. I don't think he's 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 yeah. clocked in on that one. Uh, I don't think here's, he did. Here's my so thing though. Funny. In the press room of the White House, there are three reporters, and when yeah. John Sim turns into all of them, even though he's also changed into dress. He because he's the woman, he's shorter than the man beside him. Remember that. Yeah, remember remember that. That's for all a line I'm, gonna, like that's all I'm gonna say. Because I'm like, yeah. okay, so the face has changed, and yeah, and, and I guess where they were men, they are now where they're women, they are now men, and where they were black, yeah. they are now white. But height is to be respected. And they've established yeah. that because they're shot at different heights. Yeah, that's all. And I'm there are some there are some people who like uh, you know have the the correct clothes and they're yeah. all wearing the, the the perfectly tailored clothes. And uh, in in an apartment complex, we just have all of these shots of the master, uh, like a couple feet away from each version of himself, which you know is just. To be fair, as a nine-year-old, I thought that was the coolest yeah, thing I'd ever yeah, seen, yeah. like effects-wise. And they're waving um, to each other. Yeah, it looks like a sketch out of Lemmy's show, though, because the amount of times he's waving and like dancing about, it just feels really corny and goofy. Very Johnson Master, and I appreciate See, that. He is everyone, 
But then yeah. the same breath, each individual iteration of the mask, it's like you're a collective who they still have to communicate. You know what I mean? Like they're not communicating. Yeah. Like, so aren't they still competition for him? Like, is he not really ruling? I don't understand this. I don't know, because yeah. he has conversations with himself as if they're different people, and they yeah. all have to, but but also later on in the second part, there'll be a point where they need to like locate the, the fallen star, and they just go, hmm, all together. And I, I, I don't I, get and it. And the other versions of it, like, we don't see any of the other other versions like flicker into skeletons so the one who's playing obama should just kill the one who's the original master and there we go we've got ourselves a fully fun and how can he set himself for human how does that work i don't know i don't understand anymore it, it was just also like- i'm gonna be real the, if i'm the master and i go hmm who's the only person who could stop me who has power who understands the time lords the doctor First, you change the doctor. Did then you change know, the humans. Did he know the doctor was there? He's still on the planet, though. Oh, that's right. They had a fight already. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Uh, but that doesn't matter because uh, Timothy Dalton, the narrator, announces the masters removed all of humanity, and uh, there's only the 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 conflict is approaching. And he says, you know, humanity's the worst. But it turns out, you know, this isn't just a narrator. This is the Lord President of the High Council of the Tyrons that we mentioned before, uh, Rassilon. And he says that this is the day the Time Lords return the, for Gallifrey, for victory, for the end of time itself. And everyone goes, what? But Gallifrey was destroyed. Yeah, and me as a, as a newbie's going, uh, what? And I'm kind of like Wilf going, this is good, right? Because the Time Lords are the doctor's people and the master's bad, but the rest of them are good because, yeah. And that's what we're leaving. At a point, at this point, I hadn't really caught up on the, the classic stuff. I just watched bits here and there, but I was like, Rassilon I know is evil, but the Time Lords are good, right? So I'm like, hey, the Time Lords are back. This is great. Watching this now as a 21 year old who's watched like a decent amount of, of classic horror go, oh no, there is nothing good about this ending. Okay. This is actually, de- this is terrible. Um, but no, that's the end of part one. We're going to go ju- straight into part two because we have a lot to cover. Sounds good. Now, on Gallifrey, it's the last day of the time war. And the thing I love about this is retroactively, now after we've seen the 50th, um, they're saying that uh, upstairs that the Doctor has the moment, uh, which would be the the massive box that the the Doctor would use later on in uh, the 50th to destroy Gallifrey. He's hanging out with Bad Wolf. I love this fact. Yeah, Yeah. they kept it vague enough that they could fill it in later. (laughs) Yeah, I love this idea, though, now, like, it's been explained that on one level of like the the time lord big building you've got the like the time lords and can like in charge talking to like 12 different versions of the doctor about saving gallifrey and underneath rassilon is just having like a, a little freak out i love that it makes time really interesting for the time war we're never gonna see it again anyway <laughs> Anyway, the the Rassilon and the other Time Lords and ladies are discussing what's going on, and they're saying that this is never-ending carnage. It's the travesty of life, and the the uh, the Lord President Rassilon has the Infinity Gauntlet because a Time Lady spoke out against her, and he turns her into dust. And he says that he won't allow himself or his race to die with billions of years of history riding on their backs. And he wants to find that the master. He finds out that the master and the Doctor 
have both survived the time war and have ended up on Earth. So uh, Rassilon decides that for the salvation of Gallifrey, it lies with the two renegades of Gallifrey. And they've linked uh, the master to his earliest point in childhood with the four beat drum of the Time Lords, which essentially then would end up like, which they call the Time Lord heartbeat, the one, two, three, four of two heartbeats in sync. And it's going to torment him all of his life. So they send a white point star diamond to Earth as a physical link. Now, remember, (sighs) in the first couple episodes back in 2005, The doctor said there was a time lock, which meant nothing could get in, nothing could get out. I understand the concept of them going back in time a little bit, because the time lock happens after this, of, you know, uh, making the master have the heartbeat. What I don't understand is that, no, I've already explained it to myself. Cool. The, so the heartbeat of the the drumbeat of the master in the master's head is what will be the link to send something through time. Uh, to break the time lock. Yeah. Uh, did they try to sort of explain their way around it by saying because the master yeah. was here, therefore we can do this? I mean, this was hot garbage yeah. is what this was. This was, we've hurt ourselves into a corner again, but we'll just write ourselves out of it by talking fast and doing something and then everybody go, yes, that's what that means. And that's what yeah. we do. Uh, the more Doctor Who I watch, the more I find out this is a um, something that they lean on a little bit too heavily as a crutch, I think. Yeah. Uh, now, meanwhile, on Earth, the Master the Ma- and the Master Race have uh, the Doctor and Willful tied up, and the Doctor warns them about the prophecy, but the Master doesn't really care because uh, he thinks that the prophecy was talking about him. Uh, he was the one that would bring the end of time, or he was the thing that would... Uh, Return, come. yeah. He, yeah, he was the retur- uh, returning through the darkness. And uh, he asked the doctor where the TARDIS is, and he wants the technology to pinpoint where the drumming in his head is coming from with his 6.7 billion clones. It will be easy. And the doctor tries to reason with the master, uh, and he's like, we could, we could travel to, together with him. That's ownership and ownership enough. And at the same point, Wolf's mobile phone rings, and the master doesn't understand that because everyone on Earth is him. That was a really nice speech, actually, about the doctor saying, what's your obsession with ownership? How can you own the universe? Just travel forever. Isn't that enough? And, of course, it's going to fall on deaf ears, but I, I... it, it's 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 a wonderful moment where you see the two of their characters and their ultimate m- motivations. Um, yeah. You have the Doctor whose thing is about community and experience and uh, and being an equal part in all this. And isn't that great? And isn't that rewarding? Versus the Master's need, you know, you choose your own name. So the Master's need to, to dominate, to rule. Mm. And the Doctor's need to, to help. To help, yeah. Uh, but Wolf's, Wolf's uh, phone's wrong and it's Donna. And uh, the master hears Donna and he's like, who's this one person? So I can't get a signal. I can't get a signal like two feet out of a Tesco's because I'm in in some sort of covered parking spot. But he can get one in the radiation proof chamber of a, (laughs) what was it called? A resurrection box or something like that? Uh, Eternity Gate? Yeah, sure. Infinity Gate? I don't know what it was. Yeah, uh, the oh god, there's too many words. Yeah, uh, let let's go with Infinity Gate, despite the 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 immortality gate. Immortality we were really gate. Close. We were close. Uh, but you know, 
Uh, Dawn is calling Wilf because she's still seeing everything. And uh, the master is saying, oh, no, this this can't be right. Everyone, masters around where this p- phone call is, find her. Now, does he and say the- this into a phone or anything? Or does he just announce it and everybody hears his thoughts? Are they the, Bor- are they the Borg? I don't remember. I have no idea anymore. No. I really don't know. He sort of just announces it to the people. Uh, but Donna gets cornered by a load of the master race who state that they're hungry and they're going to eat her. And she starts to remember all of her adventure with the doctor and she sees adipose and the, the rachnos and the doctor all wet. And she sees a giant wasp and she doesn't burn up and die. She just sort of has a, a wave of regeneration energy, I guess. Yeah. It's like a human EMP. Uh, yeah, it is. And it, um, is. And it knocks yeah. her out and... I don't like this because this means, and in the course of the doctor's like, did you think I wasn't going to leave my best friend without a security system? And I'm like, I want to swear. I'm like, screw you. Screw you, doctor. Because you lied to us and you lied to Wilf and none of those things were necessary. It's weird because if that, if it's the point that, you know, she can be saved. I, I don't get I don't get it. Yeah, I hate this. Gen- I don't it was understand. them doing it again. Let's write ourselves out of this problem by having something happen and then have a doctor, ha ha, did you not think that I would? And I'm just like, shut up. Which is a shame because was- I love 10. And I'm like, why are you doing this yeah. to me? Yeah. Uh, but at this point, the t- doc- master still wants to know where the TARDIS is. He threatens to kill Wolf. And uh, I think it's the point where it's like, oh, I'll kill your dad, you and your dad. And he's like, oh, I would be proud to be his dad. And yep. uh, this is then when the, the master sort of asks if the drums in his head would stop. And he tells Wilf, you know, uh, something else that we found out in, the, in series three, which is, you know, the noise started when he looked into the untempered schism, the the uh, the sort of time vortex essentially as a touch child. And it drove him mad. And at the same point, we then cut straight to Gallifrey. The where vortex kind of seems told- like it's like a sorting hat, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of it is because he's like, you're either going to go insane. Yeah, Yeah, you'll either go insane or you're going to run away or do this or that. Yeah. Sure. But Rassilon's been told it's happened and the Time Lords assume that, you know, the drums were a symptom of the Master's insanity, but that it's the... He then reveals, you know, it's the rhythm of thought, the heartbeat of the Time Lord. And the Master wants to, uh, despite the fact he says that, you know, despite the gate and everyone is now him, his body is still dying. And that means that um, everyone on earth is technically dying, but we never see the skeleton people. Bit of a stretch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But he's like, well, everyone's got the drum beat in their head. So we're all going to try and triangulate it and think together. And uh, he still wants to, he still wants the TARDIS, but the doctor's only thought is, uh, you know, you know, the most amazing thing about you is that after all this time, you're still bone dead stupid because somehow the master has failed to notice that the guy next to him is just an inch too tall. That was exactly what we talked about. Everybody was different heights. (laughs) Oh, this is so poorly written. So, so, so poorly written. And I want to like this episode so much and I don't. And it makes me mad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the guard hits him in the head with the rifle, knocks the master out, and turns out that the guard is the tall Vinvochi, and uh, the Vinvochis rush in and uh, get Wilf and 
the doctor out to which uh, Wolf's only response is, God bless the cactuses. It's cacti. Yeah. Um, and they have the doctor in his little straight jacket and uh, stand up panel fall down the stairs because it's funny. And they go to the basement. They teleport onto the Vinvochi ship. Uh, away from all the master and all the masters and Wolf's excited to be in space. And the doctor's still more concerned about the master. And the second he gets out of his restraints, he destroys the teleport, which means that the master can't follow them. And there's no way they can get off earth. Yes. I'm going to counter that. Yep. You should. Also a, a, a question I, I I've just realized, cause I was going to say, well, the master could still get to space because spaceships and rockets and blah well, blah 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 they don't have that unit kind of... torchwood okay maybe that yeah uh but also are the space are the spacemen turned into the master because it gets the vicinity of earth does it also go to like where the space station no, is i'm guessing they're far enough out i guess once you're out of that year you're, you're no longer it uh or else I, you could, or, else you, or else you could turn into wolf now yeah because wolf's no longer well, i guess that's already that's already happened so no, but if you go for it again. Oh, I see. Uh, I, There's no reason why I could yeah. just jump in and go for it again. Okay, let's try again. Who wants right. to shake their head back and forth? You shake your head back and forth. <laughs> we can do that again. Uh, but this is then when, you know, they're, they're on the ship and they talk about the fact that, oh, we're, we're hundred thousands of miles away from Earth, but... Um, the, the doctor then says that there's a slight po- problem that the master will have every single missile on the planet ready to fire... Uh, and when they arrive, the Vinvochi get ready to leave. And so the Doctor then destroys this uh, the ship's systems with the Sonic again, so they're stuck in orbit. Uh, but when they uh, are stuck dead in space, um, the Doctor sees the mysterious woman again. The, sorry, Wolf sees the mysterious woman again and tells him to give the Doctor his gun. I'd love That's why I got confused. There were two different ex- notes about the woman. I'd love for them to explain this somehow, knowing how it ends. Like, huh? I think this is just one of those mysteries. People think it was the doctor's mum. I've heard that. Um, now with it doesn't the, explain why you can teleport when you're stuck in a time lock. Now with the addition of the timeless child, which I don't think you've gotten to yet, it's definitely not the doctor's mum. I All don't right. know who the hell this is supposed to be. Yeah. I think it could be Susan. Some people think it's Susan, the doctor's granddaughter. Oh, I don't. Okay. I sh- yeah, sure. I'd like them to say something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, it's not like he's going to be the, asked the question, just flat out not answer it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If only if a <laughs> good thing that doesn't happen. If Wilf asks um, him directly, we'll get the answer to this. Yeah, uh, but uh, the Masters clones all listen to the drumming in their head, and they pinpoint the source uh, from the sky. And the Time Lords uh, finish putting the drum beat in the Master's head on in their time as a child. And it gives them his location now, but as they're still trapped in the time lock, they need to make physical contact. So the president uh, removes the diamond from his staff, which is the white point diamond, and throws it through the time link to Earth where it can fall to the ground and the masters can go and find the white point star. There's a lot going on. We've got like 20 minutes left. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, on the ship, the Doctor's still repairing the systems, and they have a, Wolf and the Doctor have a bit of a talk. And Wolf asks a, a chilling question, which I didn't think about until this episode, which is, um, are the dead people in the skeletons the master? Because he says, you know, my wife's down there; she's buried. 
is yeah. her corpse the master? And he's like, yeah, sorry. And there's this, there is a nice uh, a conversation between the two of them where uh, he talks, the doctor talks about like how the Time Lords live too long and maybe, maybe the Time Lords don't, do live too long because they, they live for hundreds of years and shape all of these things and the he he's he might have to die so wolf's like you're gonna take this gun and you're gonna kill him because i don't want you to die because you're the loveliest man i've ever met i i really love wolf in this scene even though he is he's he's wrong he goes against the doctor's like morals i i love it and i understand it i have the same kind of feeling at that point you're supposed to feel it i understand it just this once because wolf represents what we would all do Take this gun yeah. and do it. He would kill millions. Just kill him. He was already dead anyway. You're returning things to the natural order. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Wilf says that, but I would add that for my two cents. But no, it's, it. yeah. And I think this is, um, isn't this when, um, when the doctor says that he'd be proud? Yeah. He's like, I'd be proud if, if, if you were my dad. And it's just, it's a nice bit of mo- like moment between them. And it's, it sort of, it brings the doctor almost back to how he was before. Yep. before everything went wrong for him on Mars or hell before series four, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, they believe that, you know, the four knocks is the rhythm in the master's head and the doctor refuses uh, the gun and they sort of just cry and, and hug it out. And uh, the, the master somehow reaches the ship and broadcast there. And he tells the doctor about, they found the diamond and it's the white point star. And it means only one thing. The Time Lords are returning. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. And uh, Wolf's like, oh, this this must be good. And some of us are thinking, oh, this must be good. And the Doctor says, no, nah, it's not. Because despite the fact that he said to everyone <laughs> how good the Time Lords are. Since the return of chosen Eccleston, to <laughs> the Time yeah. Lords are great. No, apparently yeah. not. No, that's just that's just how I chose to remember them. Because in reality, the tie in reality, the... The horrors of the Time War changed them irrevocably and corrupted them and made them far more dangerous than his enemies. Yeah. I'm going to counter that and go, they forced the second Doctor re- to regenerate and exiled him to Earth because he stole a TARDIS. <laughs> I'm also going to say that they that they let uh, the Master try and kill the Doctor and destroy Gallifrey because they didn't like the Doctor. The Time Lords aren't that great. No. Sure, but the time the, the time time war made them worse is is the point. They, they were already pretty bad, but the time war made them worse than you could ever imagine, and that's terrifying. So the Doctor repairs the ship very quickly. Uh, the Vinvochi don't want to go to Earth, so the Doctor then says, "Well, there's a, there's an old Earth saying, a, a word of great power and wisdom, consolation in uh, and consolation to soul in times of need," and he says his final. Alon Z and flies the ship down to Earth, and uh, the master decides that he needs to kill the Doctor uh, soon, and he'll have a Time Lord to spare. And this is there when we get the missile. This is where we get all the. This is where we get the Florence pew 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 pew. The pew pew pew, and Wolf's having a great time. Don't get cocky, kid. Yeah, I. it just goes it goes on for a while yeah oh this and, is, uh, I, I agree the, this segment is it goes on for far too long yeah yeah I, I think you could describe part two as it goes on for a bit things go on for a little bit longer than they should maybe, maybe the doctor was right maybe some time lord episodes do go on for too long <laughs> 
But they get to the Naismith mansion. They're not going to uh, land because the Vinvochis just want to get out of here. And the doctor just jumps from the ship, falls several stories, and smashes through uh, a skylight and hits the deck hard. Now, the doctor regenerated once because he fell off a building that was a little bit too tall. This man fell through space. Yeah, but he's all right. Yeah, sure. He's all right. Um, this is really what causes the death. It was... Uh, he, yeah, he, it, wasn't, it wasn't the radiation. No, he hit four levels on the way down. Bum, 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 bum. And then that was it. And then the rest of it's just a slow death. <laughs> he's the one who knocked four times. He's the one who knocked four times, yeah. Uh, but he he sort of looks up amongst all the the crash glass, and he sees the the time the Time Lord High Council as well there with uh, with the Master, and Rastlon greets them. You know, Lord Doctor, Lord Master, Indeed. and he's like, well, you know, this might be a paradox, but that it, who'd have thought that you would be the ones to save Gallifrey out of ty- uh, Gallifrey's most infamous children. And the master belittles the president. He's like, well, look what I've done. I've made a race of me, of of masters, of Time Lord people. And <laughs> Rassalon clicks his finger. He, he, he moves his fist a bit with his weird little Time Lord gauntlet. And everything's immediately reverted back to normal. Yeah. Sure. I, I don't care anymore. Yeah, why wouldn't he have superpowers? Sure, <laughs> it's because he had the. It's because he, it's because he he's got the time stone, isn't it? I'm so. I'm, it might be because I'm tired. It no, they're all. They're all. They're all Avengers. Two and a half hours long. I'm just tired of this. They're all Avengers. Um, it's okay. Yeah, but the the humans are back essentially. The Rassilon tells them to kneel. Uh, the powerless and the master then tries to bargain with the time lords, and he's like, "Well, that was your salvation, remember." But the planet of Earth starts to shake, and Rassilon's like, well, the approach has begun. The master's confused. The doctor's angry because he's like, it's not the whole, it's not just the whole species of Time Lords coming back, it's the planet. And that also means the time war's returning. And um, this, of course, let's, let's not ask what this does to the satellites. Let's not ask what this does. Nope, it's just now, it's just right on the cusp of crashing the Earth. Just deal with that. I don't get it any, but there's also like the 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 fact there's probably Dalek ships around there that are oh, probably gonna there's everything. Kill people. It wasn't even just the Daleks. There's they so went much. on about a whole yeah. the Nightmare Child, yep. all of that, whatever else. They named was, a bunch of random anymore. adjectives and paired them with a bunch of random nouns. It was it sounded scary. I'm so oh I, I wrote I wrote it down thankfully oh, so I you? can say all the all the Doctor Whoisms, but. You know, everyone's terrified in London as the giant red planet of Gallifrey, uh, Gallifrey appears. Uh, Sean's terrified, looking for Donna. Uh, Sylvia looks up. It's like, Doctor, help us, please. Um, yeah, Sylvia can get in the bin. Yeah. Wolf appears. Wolf appears somehow. I don't know how. Wolf's there. Wolf shows up. He just sort of rocks up back on Earth. Yeah. He, he, of, he, he, he fucked off. He found an escape pod. Yeah, yeah. You don't just have to fall. Yeah, he he he's he, he but he but he's just there. Yeah, by the power of the script, he's there. He's there. The Vinvochi are never going to be seen again. No, we don't get a goodbye to them. No, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> They're gone. Um, and the Doctor, uh, before he can he can do anything, Wolf sees that there's a, a man trapped in the radiation booth. The Doctor tells him not to, but Wolf does it anyway and saves the man. 
so he can run off away from Gallifrey. And the master thinks that, you know, the Time Lord's restoration to the universe is great. But they're like, no, 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 no. They broke the time lock. So that then means that, you know, the time war was back. And I had to go to the wiki for this because there's so many words. The Scaro degradations, the horde of tragedies, the nightmare child, the could be the could have been king and the his army of meanwhiles and never was timey words. Um, so. But it's just it's essentially just, you know, all the things that made the war hell in the last days where everyone was going to just cause chaos. And it's like. 3,000 genocides and seven atomic bombs. There's just really bad. Really bad things are coming and we're going to be terrified. Rassilon then reveals that he planned to deal with all of the horrors by in initiating his ultimate sanction, uh, which is a plan for the Time Lords to survive the collapse of all creation and all of time uh, as the paradox that Gallifrey returns to the universe would tear the Time Vortex apart and they would essentially like reboot the universe and ascend their conscious minds because they wouldn't need their physical bodies anymore and creation itself would cease to be. So, their yeah, souls. That sounds, that sounds like fun. Um, nothing. Yeah. There's, 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 there's no matter. So you can't do anything fun, but you'll just think of all the stuff you want you'll be to be there. doing if you had bought. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. It's just, it's that thing of like, I'm going to live forever kind of thing. I'm so crazy. Uh, I'm going to kill everything. I'm pretending that I like... I think this is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I, I want to, I, I, this, this is probably the most uh, audibly annoyed I've sounded recording one of these. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean that to harp on the episode. I mean, I do, but there's, there's just so much going on and it happens in two seconds and then we never see it again. Yep. This is one of those things. Anyway, the master wants to join them. Rassilon says no. So. Cause he's uh, a disease. He's a cancer. Yeah, he's he's you know uh, a, a cancer of the Time Lord's own making. So he goes to kill him, but then the Doctor uses Wolf's gun to aim at the president. Now pause. From here on, there is an app. From that first click, this episode goes into all time. Wow. Yeah. From here on, I'm about to get excited. Everything before I'm about to get happy. Everything before this sucks. Everything after yeah. this is so good. Okay. And this is the this is this is the finale. When you think of the we finale, had a, we had an hour and a half last prologue. Fifteen minutes or twenty minutes. Yeah. This is what you think of. We had an hour and forty minute prologue. Yeah. Now we get the episode. Now, now this is the episode. Yeah. Uh, but the doctor points the gun at Rassilon, who then cautions the doctor and is like, "You need to choose your enemy well, because uh, they're many, but the doctor's just one." And the master sort of goads him a bit as well, and he's like, "Go on." Kill, kill Rassilon. Claim Gallifrey for yourself. But the doctor spins around, aims the gun at the master. And recocks it? I don't know how that works. They keep recocking it. Yeah, he cocks it a couple of times. Yeah. Because the doctors realize, the doctor and the master both realize that the link that brought the, uh, the Time Lords to Earth is in the master's head. So yeah. if he dies, the link's broken, the time locks are formed, and they go back into hell. And he points out that killing the president would have the same effect. So the doctor then aims the gun back at the president. He's literally yeah. stuck in the middle. He's stuck in the middle and he's using the one thing, which and there is an episode in series four called The Doctor's Daughter, where David Tennant met his wife. Who um, was also the daughter of a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. 
but th- at the end of the episode, the doctor's daughter gets shot and uh, the doctor grabs the gun from the man who did it and he points it and cocks it at the guy's head and his final response is just, I never would. I'm the man who never would. So the fact that he's now, we see there are two possible options where he will have to kill someone. It's, it's incredible. But, he he uh, the, the Rassilon remarks that uh, you know the doctor's final act of his life will be murder. So which one is he going to choose? And as he looks around and tries to figure out which one he's going to kill, he looks over our mysterious woman once again, who is a disgraced time lord who's covering her eyes. And uh, Rassilon refers to her uh, her and the people like her as the weeping angels. Well, their of punishment old. will be like the weeping angels of old. Yeah. So my question is: Is this the genesis of the weeping angels? Are they a creation of of like some sort of Gallifreyan punishment cycle? If you asked me this a month ago, I would have said yes. If you asked me three weeks ago after the, the episode that uh, followed okay. from that, uh, no. All right. Because, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how I interpreted this, was that this is the genesis yeah. of the Weeping Angels, that they are being punished. But, yeah. That's what that's what I thought after an episode, and then a week later I was wrong. Right. If anyone who's watched Flux on, uh, knows what I mean, feel my pain. There you go. Anyway, the dog sees her, and he's like, that must that is someone important but I'm not going to say who. <laughs> this, is, this, this is why I think it's Susan, because there's only like one person in the Doctor. Like, it's like, it wouldn't be Romana, because that's not a person that like would have that effect on morals. But anyway, the Doctor sees a woman, and he's like, oh, okay. He points it back at the, mas- the gun back at the master, and he just says, get out the way. And he shoots, uh, he shoots the, the machine. The machine that, uh, I don't, like, the, is the Eternity Gate, I guess? Immortality Gate? Immortality Gate. Yeah. And uh, that's when uh, the Doctor then says, you know, it's it's back into hell, Rassilon, back into the Time War. And as Gallifrey starts to vanish, uh, we hear the sooth. there's been a soothsayer this whole episode who just scribbles crazy stuff and looks old. And Basically, every uh, and time insane. someone says something, she confirms it. Oh, yeah. we need a white point star. A white point star. White point star. White point star. Yeah, and this is the one she's like, Gallifrey's falling. Gallifrey falling. And that's yeah. when they go back into the time war. But uh, Rassilon refuses that he's going to die uh, alone. So he's going to kill the doctor. And the doctor's like, oh, no, I I, I know. I was, to- I was told this. This will, I like, I accept this. And the master then echoes what the doctor says and tells him to get out of the way. Yeah, it was a nice. And he attacks Rassilon. He uses his life force energy powers and shouts that Rassilon made him and this was all his fault ever since he was a child he made him. And the master counts through the drums one last time and his blasts go through Rassilon and laugh for the the lights to go white and the Time Lords and Rassilon and Gallifrey and the master all, all disappearing to the last day of the Time War and everyone on Earth Shouts for joy as the red planet disappears away and the sun shines. And it's all quiet. And the doctor looks around and surrounded by blood and glass. And he's in disbelief. He's like, I survived. I survived. And then after a moment of happiness, we just hear. And his face drops and our face drops. The camera pans up and we see that the person who knocked four times 
is Wilf stuck in the radiation booth. We forgot Wilf was in there. And he wants to be let out. And the doctor sort of slowly approaches the booth and he looks at him and as he su- suspects, Wilf will die if he's left in there within enough time. Yeah. Because that thing is going to blow. Yeah. It's It's gone nuclear. And the doctor Again, says... Just, just more master, explaining, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the master said that the... The doctor said the master left the the nuclear bolts running and it's gone past critical and it's going to overload, which means that the next time that button's pressed, it's going to have a lethal dose of of radiation in the booth. And even the sonic screwdriver will set it off. So the only way that Wilf can get out is if the doctor goes in and essentially sacrifices himself and gets hit with 500,000 rads of radiation. And... Wolf tells him, you know, just just leave me, Doctor. I'm an old man. I've I've lived my life, and the Doctor callously just he's like, oh well, look at you. You're not even a, a remotely important. I could do so much more. And I this is yeah. this is like the the, the conversation between I I can't I can't do it justice because the the just this the performance between both Bernard Cribbins and David Tennant is fantastic. Because Wolf sort of accepted it, and he, because he, he adores the Doctor, and the Doctor's just, and he's an old man, angry. He's yeah. an old man at the end of his life cycle, and he's like, "Let me be. You do so much good in the world, and um, yeah." And, and you hear the pain about the frustration because he could, he could do so much more. Yeah, and uh, he has his. He's angry, and it's good. You need to feel all your feelings. Yeah. You need to feel all your feelings. He, and he, he sort has, of, like, a, a teen rage. He sort of screams at the universe, and then he kind of gathers himself and and, and approaches the door. Yeah, and he, he then echoes what you said earlier of, perhaps the Time Lords do live too long. And he doesn't listen to Wolf, who's saying, no, please don't do it, please don't do it. And he just uh, looks at him and says, it would be my honor. Opens the door. The music begins to yeah. swell. He presses the button. Wilf runs out and the doctor gets hit with all the radiation and just screams in pain as he just collapses and sort of goes in on himself in a little ball. And th- there's, a, there's a little pause, a couple of seconds of pause. And we think, oh, this is it. He's going to regenerate. And he sort of just slowly gets up and... And the gen- it started. And the genius of this is that Wilf basically speaks what we all think the whole episode and he goes oh yeah. so you're all right he, he's got a few wounds i mean he's he looks like yeah. he's been burned up a bit and then of course he rubs his face and uh the face is healed yeah tells him it's it started he's gonna it's, regenerate it's go time but but much like in the movie of dust till or from dust till dawn where it seems that each vampire knows how long it's gonna take them to become one of the undead um the doctor's going i got i got some time i got some time i'm kind, I'm kind of okay with this uh solely because like this will happen again with the 12th doctor i think that's different because he's forcing himself not to regenerate maybe apparently you can stop but, it like yeah yeah you can kind of g- give it a, li- a little bit of a pause for 12 a bit. 12 plays with that a lot more than 10 does but yeah 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 that's more of like his arc this is more just vanity but the doctor takes wolf home and he says you know i'll see you again one more time and uh wolf asks where he's gonna go and the doctor just says um to get my reward 
And this is then we get the, I'm this, calling this, the Return of the King epilogue of Doctor Who, where it just doesn't stop. Also called the Doctor won't be answering any questions at this time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Are you ready for 30 second cameos from people who probably deserved more than just looking up and going, ah. Uh, well, I don't know. Let's, let, let's talk about it, yeah. shall we? But no, we first we go to show uh, Martha and Mickey Smith both married now, trying to stop us some tar to each other. Yeah, yeah, that, that's convenient. Yeah, don't marry feel, to each other. Don't feel bad for Mickey or Martha. We've written them to marry each other. Therefore, the, two people, the Doctor and Rose did nothing wrong. Yeah, the two people who were destroyed by the Doctor being completely just. Yeah, destructive with their emotions and love, yeah. they get to come together and bond over that. Here's my question: uh, But how yeah. long after the Doctor has saved the world is this supposed to be? I have no idea. Because were these because two like five minutes away from being the Master, and they regenerate, and now <laughs> this like why, how do the Centaurans not kill them? I have no idea. I, this has to be in the future because there's a point. There will be a point later on where, um, like, the doctor sort of time travels throughout anyway to go yes. to 2005 yes, to does. see Rose. So I guess this is just like a timey wimey thing. He go. I think this okay, is him going. I'm going to yeah. stop people from dying. He's going to stop because this essentially at points him stopping people from dying. Time Lord victorious. The final leg. Yeah, he stops Martha and Mickey from being killed by some tyrant sniper. He stops uh, Luke Smith, Sarah Jane's son, from being hit by a car because he's on the phone talking about the fact that Luke was also someone who wouldn't have turned into the master because he's an alien. So it was like, yeah, Clyde, it was wicked. Mum just turned into some bloke. And she said that it was she wrote a news article saying it was Wi-Fi making people go crazy. Yeah, who's this guy he's talking to? Wouldn't, wouldn't he been turned into a thing as well? Yeah, so he's talking to Clyde, who is also a character in Sarah Jane Adventures. Wouldn't wouldn't Clyde have turned into a uh, in, into the master as well? Yeah, I think he's just telling because he's telling what Sarah Jane did to try and like make everyone believe. That I hate every happen. part of the Sarah Jane Adventures, every nuance of it. Wait for the episode where David Tennant appears on Sarah Jane's uh, wedding day because Nigel Slater made a deal with the devil to not die and by doing that he had to marry sarah jane because then the devil would try and kill the doctor i don't know anymore anyway uh that's for a later time never um so luke runs off says to sarah jane mom it's him it's him and she just has a moment with him this will be the last time we ever see sarah jane in doctor who yeah it's sad this lady would die it's also sad that he couldn't give any of these people like a proper like they were all getting like greater levels of communication with them did did these two i think these two got a wave yeah they just get like a sort of a head nod and then a martin i think think they might have the hand but martha and uh, Martha and Mickey. Martha get, and Mickey get, get, get like nothing. A, they, they shout hey, they shout hey at him, and, and he, then just he just kind of stares and walks, walks off. Yeah, yeah. Um, we go to Captain Jack, who's lamenting uh, the death of Torchwood and uh, his lover Yanto Jones uh, in a bar. And then the doctor's like, you know what I'm going to do? The fact that the man that you're in love with is dead, I'm going to get you laid. And we see Shipman Frame from uh, Alonzo from the, the Voyage of the Damned. Yeah, big ears. Yeah. Uh, so they, I guess they go and 
have whatever fun and that's yeah, never says, mentioned again. He writes him a note that says his name's Alonzo and gives him yeah. gives him an in and so we get to see that charming Captain Jack, which was a lot easier before all the stories came out. <laughs> About yeah. Sean Barrowman, uh, especially what he's about to say, which is like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a I little can, bit psychic. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, what, oh, yeah, what, you think, what, what am, am I thinking? thinking now? He goes, Absolutely, or something like that. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Um, and then we go to uh, and not sort of a an ending, I guess, to a to a story which I wanted to cover. Again, we didn't have time for another series three two parter. We didn't have time for which is a a callback to the family of blood where. The doctor became human and fell in love with a woman. Uh, and, oh yes, yes, yes. And uh, he wrote a journal of impossible things of all the the time lord things that he actually experienced and he'd have dreams about. And uh, the grand, the great granddaughter of the woman that the doctor John Smith fell in love with uh, publishes the book. Is this when he's and, a school teacher? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and. Uh, she at uh, the book signing the doctor asked Joan if uh, if her great grandma was happy in the end and she says she was and she asked the doctor were you happy and he he sort of just smiles and walks off Ooh. so no he wasn't no uh, and it and it, it hurts it really hurts because that is a it's a it's a really sad episode uh, and then the doctor appears at Donna's wedding and he he sees uh, Wilfred and Sylvia and Wilfred's like Hey, you remember all of those plot lines that we didn't get to uh, establish properly? I'm going to explain them away. The Naismiths were arrested. Who was that woman? The doctor won't tell me. Excellent. Yeah, there, there we go. That, that's the, the closure for who was essentially supposed to be the catalyst of this. Anyway, uh, the doctor then sees Donna again and uh, he looks to Sylvia and he gives. Uh, Wilfred and Sylvia, a wedding gift uh, for Donna, which is an envelope with something in it. And uh, he says, you know, I, I purchased it with a pound that was given to me by uh, this guy. Cause I, I never, I never have cash on me. And I, I asked this guy, uh, Jeffrey Noble, his name was, he have that, have that on me. And that would be Sylvia's late husband and Donna's dead dad. And the thing that her, sort of gets me a bit more now is Wilfred only came in because the guy who played Donna's dad uh, in the show was supposed to have that role. Oh, really? But he passed away. He passed away in real life. Oh, okay. There's um, there's some footage from when they first shot the the series four opener, where instead of it being uh, Donna going up the hill to see Wilf, it was Donna going up the hill to see her dad, and they they talk and it's all that. But because he passed, he was too ill to do it, and he passed away in real real life. Uh, so they bring back Bernie Cribbins, yeah, Bernie Cribbins took over. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's 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 not only a, a, ref, a nice reference to the fact that you know uh, they get to have a callback and for the fact that uh, Donna's dad passed away, but also the actor passed away, and it's it's really sweet. I really do like it. Yeah, but um. They get happy and excited, and the doctor then leaves to give a final look to to Wilf, and uh, Wilfred salutes him and just cries because he knows he's mm. never going to see the doctor again. And it turns out that uh, it was a lottery ticket that they were given, and you know, oh, that's really cheap. But it turns out the triple rollovers this weekend, so I get that's the implication they became nice and rich especially it ties in nicely with the start of the episode and we're told that neither one of them make much money and so all they yeah. can afford is this cheap little flat so this is nice and to essentially, know 
essentially it's Donna's dad who, without knowing, has helped her yep. for the rest of her life. It's really sweet, and it's a very Doctor Meddlesome Time thing to do, and I really do like it. And there is but a the feeling doctors- with Donna that had she been born on the right side of the tracks or whatever, she might have had more opportunities yeah. in life. And so this yeah. is what provides that for her. Yeah. And the doc, it's time for the doctor's final stop because he's going to Rose Tyler's estate on New Year's Day of 2005. And Jackie and Rose have a, have a conversation about, oh, no, you're oh, great. You're really they've, brilliant. They've cosplayed back to season one, episode one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they say Happy New Year to each other. Jackie goes off and in uh, lurking really creepily in the shadows, the doctor sort of just stares at well, he's uh, starting to a, go, a young Rose. He's starting to feel the pain of regeneration. So he's holding yeah. his side and wincing. And that makes a young Rose Tyler go, I want to approach this man and talk to him. Yeah. You were right, mister. He's like, oh, yeah. What year is this? 2005. You make it sound like you make it sound like it's a Christmas carol. Hello there, boy. What day is this? 2005, (laughs) Mister. Oh, is is the goose still in the window? Oh, the one that's as big as me. You got that right, Billy Piper. The one that's as big as you. Oh, I I would have loved that. No, it's a lovely moment. Yeah, she says it's 2005, and the doctor says, you know, you have a really great year. I think she smiles and leaves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't mention that then the rest of her life will be ruined for a bit until until his clone appears. Oh, I think it, wor- I think really it works sweet. out okay for Rose in the end. Yeah, no, it, I I love it. And Rose is now gone and the Doctor starts to stagger back to the TARDIS because the radiation's really getting to him and the regeneration is going to start. And he looks up and he sees Ood Sigma just standing there and uh, he struggles to his feet again and S- Sigma tells him that the universe will sing him to sleep. And his songs end in the, the universe. The Ood will sing him to his rest. Yeah. The Ood will sing him to this, his rest. And uh, the song's ending, but the story's never uh, never ends. And this is then when we get uh, the Ood sing Valet this the Chem. Oh, what a lovely piece of music. A beautiful song. A song oh. that I included into this intro, which I was still editing before we started. <laughs> and it, it it made me weep. There you go. Because it's so powerful. And uh, the Doctor enters the TARDIS, throws his coat onto the structure of the, the, the entrance. And he sees that he's starting to glow regeneration energy in his uh, hand. He gets ready to set the TARDIS into flight mode. And the music swells and we go on a close up to his face and he just tearfully says, I don't want to go. And then he regenerates and destroys the entire TARDIS as the music continues. I I really love this music. And the the TARDIS just gets destroyed. And this took what they had to do one take for this because they they properly destroyed the, the set. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic. Wait, like they properly properly destroyed us. Yeah. Oh wow. And he's yeah, he screams, and as he screams, he turns into the eleventh doctor. And this is then when we get Matt Smith uh in the scene which is then written by Stephen Moffat. Oh, okay. Uh, so Matt's entrance is then the oh, oh, I've still got still got hands, nose, fingers, hair, and he thinks he's a girl because it's really long, but he's still not ginger, and he's seen he's still a guy because he's got his Adam's apple, and he's saying, oh, he's, I'm forgetting something important, something I need to remember, what is it? The TARDIS lunges, and he falls to the floor, and he's like, ah, oh, I'm crashing, and he utters his first 
Geronimo as the TARDIS flies off into whatever chaos we get to see next time. And yeah. that's the end of time. Yeah, it's the a end of time. One. A very, very long one. A very, very long one. Um, fun, fun. Um, the uh, the probably I mean, the last twenty minutes are, are are Doctor Who magic. I mean, they're just fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's, I think that's the frustration. It's really a difficult episode to to really consider as a whole because yeah, um, yeah the the first three quarters are are are, are really quite quite cartoony bordering on mediocre and uh then we get just emotional genius in the writing mm. it makes me think they knew what they were doing from the doctor's death on they knew how he was gonna die and they worked this they got that and then they worked backwards and i'm like i'm not sure you had the story you needed to to get you to the ending you wanted it to yeah, it's it's really weird because this was sort of done originally not like as David Tennant's final episode because well uh, there was there was an idea at one point where David Tennant would uh, continue after Russell's exit and he would do one series with uh, Stephen Moffat and he essentially pitched David Tennant series five which was. Uh, the TARDIS would crash into Amy's uh, backyard, much like in Matt's uh, series. And that would be the doctor that would regenerate and turn into Matt Smith. And what that series would then be would be, you know, all of the end of time, the Pandorica and the resetting of the universe would cause him to regenerate into the 11th doctor. And David Tennant thought about that and then went, I should leave with a Russell since, we'll leave, since it would feel wrong to not leave when the showrunner started. But it this this episode has to do a lot because it has to not only say goodbye to David Tennant, who has been the Doctor for uh, essentially like maybe two generations almost at this point. Yeah, like two generations who have now gotten into Doctor Who. This has become their Doctor. I was when I this was when I was a kid. This was my Doctor, and this was this was harrowing. I I couldn't imagine it. But it also needs to be the end of the of the showrunner as well, and encapsulate all of his his time writing for the show. Yeah, and it's a lot to do. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. Um, I don't know if they ran out of time. Just you, you do the pun not intended. You I mean you you do the specials, and then it leaves you with a really short window to. Uh, to power through this and the story they had was probably more of a three or four parter if you really want me to care about the stakes yeah uh let me feel the rise of the master and, and build that up but they rushed through it all um so we could get to the last 20 minutes and uh, yeah it's yeah it's difficult because this is this is a doctor who adventure which i'm like oh yeah i don't care about it until that final part and that final part is fan service, but it's what this episode is. It's the culmination of David Tennant, the culmination of Russell T. Davies. And for like an hour and 50 minutes of this two-parter, it is exposition. Yeah. And not good. Awkwardness. Yeah. I forgot to mention there is a scene that I that I like completely forgot to put like I glossed over in my notes where the master is given a feast, a buffet. 
of a, of a rotisserie chicken. I guess like a turkey. I guess massive. It's some kind of baked uh, yeah. bird, but we have mu- must be two minutes of choppy cut footage yeah. of John Sim just devouring Atta- this turkey. <laughs> yeah. God knows how and much you turkey hear he it. actually had to eat. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I, and I'm like, we have time for that, but we don't have time for everything else. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it getting. I mean. It was, if you're going to leave it, and this was definitely a turning point. This was an absolute, this yeah. was an end, and there will be a new beginning with um, uh, Matt Smith and with... Oh, oh Stephen Moffat. Thank you, Stephen Moffat. Yeah. So we got to say goodbye to the Russell T. Davies verse, if you will. Yeah. Uh, in this, and uh, part of me really likes the fact there was a definitive, I, I like how they all came together for their own kind of, I mean, years before, like something like Avengers Endgame on a TV level, this kind of was doing all that. It was bringing up all the yeah. characters for a victory lap. I rather liked that. And since we had uh, the bit where, oh, Stolen Earth and what was it called? Oh, uh, Journey's End. Journey's End. Uh, when you had all the universe come together in an episode, this is the reverse of that. And the Doctor just does a victory lap seeing them all. I appreciated that. It felt different enough from that so that I was I was mm. satisfied. Um, it's because it's at the end. Because yeah. like I, I looked through the the production stuff for this, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is an epic. This is the Doctor Who epic. It's a two uh, essentially a two hour movie." Yep. But for a lot of this, it is not really epic, and it's more just no anybody who talks fighting. Anybody and, who talks yeah. epic is talking about scope and scale of the finale, and we're not really considering yeah. what, what what happens. You know, yeah, Gallifrey yeah. comes back. That's a big thing. That's a big, big, big thing. Something we did not think possible. Something we were not yeah. expecting to see. Gallifrey back. Okay, great. Wow. Um, and then <laughs> surprisingly, how quick that went. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go f- through to uh, like a our end game stuff which is favorite moment i think i know what both of uh both of us will be oh um i'm going to go with hmm i'm gonna maybe go a little off board of where you think i might go uh i'm gonna go with a doctor and wilf but it's gonna be the scene where take my gun I like that because that's got all the emotion, but it's an anticipation of what's to come. It's really tempting to do the other one, but I'm going to go with that one because I fully understand uh, Will's point of view and would totally be on that side. And I totally understand why the doctor can't take it. And it's a beautiful moment uh, between two souls trying to communicate uh, to both of them, absolute honesty and absolute truth um, in a way that's mutually respectful but uh, they both feel the other one is so misguided in their response. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's mine. Yours? Yeah. Uh, I'm going for it. would be my honor. I, I really love that scene. I like the turn that uh, Ten has where he's... Because it, it's essentially almost a, a reverse of the Adelaide Brook thing that we saw in the, the previous episode. Because in that, it's like he, he wants to save her because she's important. And in this... And he's like, well, I sometimes say little people... But the thing that causes him his death and his de- like his demise really is the fact that he wanted to save just a regular person. Will saving he a regular wanted- person is really more doctorly yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really like I like the fact the music the the way that it's sh- like he just crumbles 
I really do like it. And it is that's when the doctor really sort of redeems himself, I feel, in that moment of his sacrifice. Yeah. Now we're gonna go to to Little Grumble, which I don't think might be little. It's just the writing. Um I was reading through the production notes and it said that Russell T. Davies was aware at some point he would write David Tennant's last episode. And I believe the quote yeah. is, so I've had this tucked away for quite some time. I hope he means the last 20 minutes because yeah. uh, the writing in this is poor. Uh, it's cartoony. Uh, if you think about the, re- like, the maturity, which is weird about, you know, water monsters on Mars, but the maturity yeah. that episode had versus the cartoon nature that this had and john's i mean the master is his final adversary love it mm. why do they have to be a cartoon in the dress it's the thing doctor who sometimes cartoony there are some yeah. great sort of funny campy stuff but this is just the the dinner time the it's real i'm gonna do some uh, weird cgi this, stuff the skeleton this I mean, master i mean it's not the fart monsters but we're not that far removed from them yeah you got the green cactus people yeah. who are just uh, like a ripoff of Banacaphalatus so they can be like, oh, it's racist that you thought we were the red ones. Yeah, I mean, but we, it's it's we, annoying. We, oh, if you're going to do that kind of episode, Voyage of a Damned was the way to do that. That was cartoony, but it was fun. Yeah. This was cartoony and just frustrating every step of the way. The presidential character, um, not Rassilon, but. Uh, um, oh, nice myth. Yeah, James Naismith. I was like, what? What? I know you have someone. To I, I know he's a plot device, plot. but yeah. he it could have been. It could have just been a government facility where someone was testing something. That would have been enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, he was it's one just more an unnecessary layer. He was one more character we we just didn't need. Um, yeah. You know, and just so much. I'm going to explain it as before, as I do it, or even worse after I've done it. And nah, deal with that. And it started with Saxon's wife, and it ends with why Wilf is stu- why it's going to kill the doctor. I'm going to explain rather than to show him what the stakes are. So when he walks in there, I get that it's important. I oh, this sucks. Um, so that's the part that the, the writing, which is usually a strength of a t- uh, Russell T Davies episode, was yeah. not was not was not here for the first eighty percent of this. Yeah. Uh, it's it's similar. It's more just that for an episode that is it's two hours and ten minutes. This is yep. like uh, the length of a feature film. Yeah, for most I, of this length, I don't care what's going on. I said when we did Waters of Mars that I was excited to go back and watch that, despite watching that maybe like two or three weeks prior. With this, I I begrudgingly went along. I didn't write my notes for this. I went to the wiki and went, okay, cool. This happened, this happened, this happened. These are really important lines because I, this, this two-parter frustrates me on a level that I don't think should of it just goes on yep. and on. You have the missile scene, which goes nowhere. You have the stupid corny stuff with the Vinvoci. You have the master's funny homeless man jump around gobble session. I just... It goes on and it goes on and it can't figure out what it wants to be. You have the failsafe of Donna, which just whatever. I guess. Don- Donna felt underused. The whole Donna thing felt yeah. like it was misused. There's so much going on. And is there a way that in his death, he could have taken that back from her? 
There's how you, oh, just something. You know what There's I mean? A, there is a lot. There's He's just, dying anyway. Let him see her on her wedding day. Take it from her. She might remember for yeah. a moment who he is. He tips his hat and walks away. He's dying anyway. Let it take him off her, and then we get a moment where she realizes who he is rather than a whole, oh, triple rollover this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. It's it's just there's so much that doesn't need to happen that happens for what I feel is padding. And this is a thing that like Christmas Day to New Year's Day, everyone was like, oh, this is really crazy. But it's the final 15, 20 minutes for everyone that everyone yeah. gets excited about. But it's a long 15, 20 minutes you have to like to get there. Yeah. And even then it's just set piece to set piece to set piece, cameo time, no real dialogue. And I think that says something. That says something that the reason we like those last 20 minutes is because we've loved those characters and the journeys they've gone on, what it means. And the, the hour and however long before isn't the same. And this is their ending point. Although we'll see, although we'll see 10 again in limited sort of, you know, moments, um, we're not going to see Mickey and Martha and um, Sarah Jane or Donna Noble again. It's just not yeah. what we're going to do. Or Captain Jack. And so we get to see Billy Piper, although we don't get to see Rose Tyler again. So yeah. these things are, it's goodbye to this whole universe that's been crafted for us. Um, I'm I, trying to think of any Davies era characters that come back. There's one I'm not going to say yet because that's a spoiler for you. There we go. Uh, we yeah, get, th- we, there's one, but that takes like 10 years. We get like the Centurion, but he gets specific and turns into comic relief, doesn't he? Which one? The Centurion, is that what I'm saying? Am I saying that right? Oh, the Centurion. The potatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Centurion's come back. Yeah, there's that one like, Centurion who turns into, into a recurring character in there. Sort of, but he's not even in... He was like a character made by Moffat. Oh, was he? Really? Yeah, yeah. he was like... He because that's Strax. Strax is yeah, sort of just it. made. Yeah. yeah, Strax comes back like is a character that is played by the same actor who was the Sontarans in series four, but it's not the same character. Uh, okay. it just they just yeah, all sound the same alike. Actor. Okay. Yeah, it's where it's, that feels racist. They all look alike. <laughs> well, to be fair, the Sontarans were in flux, and they're still played by Dan Starkey, who's Strax, really? and all okay. the other ones. So, because well, because Sontarans are just clones. So, oh, okay. Yeah, they're just um, genetic, genetically modified clone stuff. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, even I mean, then, yeah. There's that. I don't know. So that, that's me. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's going to go to ratings. This will be... I'm going to... We'll, we'll go for each each episode and then like... Oh, jeez. Okay. Go. I mean, the first one's going to get like a six and a half. It's all it's getting. It's there. Uh, there's some yeah. pieces. Uh, I mean, it's all about the things that I love. I mean, I like John Sim. Yay, it's the master. Yay, these things I like. Um... You know, there's a reveal of a Gallifrey's around. It's Timothy Dalton. Okay. So why are we talking about hungry, hungry chips and cream and cottage pie and mash? And yeah, I can, like, that's the, be- that's the best you had for him to work with. Jeez. Uh, I don't want to have to see the master be like, oh, bubbling fat and turkey. Yeah. Gravy. I, I, six I want him talking about taking over. Yeah. Six and a, I want him to be an evil genius. Not this six and a half. Yeah. Uh, for part one, I'm going. I'm going five and a half because so much of this is build up, and so much of this is hey, remember that like remember these these points from a couple years ago that we need to explain to get to where we need to be in in part two. Yeah. Also, the weird, funny 
other things and just I don't really feel there's much doctor in this episode because having to build up like yeah. four different characters. Yeah, you know. And it just it it doesn't feel like a final episode kind of thing. Part two, on the other hand, where are you leaning with that? I'll go eight, eight, and most of that. I mean, because because the, the finale is like a fifteen out of ten. Like that was something yeah. sort of the last like twenty minutes. So um, it kind of it kind of forgives a lot of sins. Um, and not even it's not even the tour. It's everything from that gun click. Probably the thing. Maybe even. I'm also going to include, you know, obviously the scene I named is my favorite moment, a bit where they sit down side mm. by side and talk about, you know, can they ever take, can he ever take up arms? Uh, I thought that was all, all genius and just perfect for, and perfect for who that character was. And it's so yeah. weird that we, had, it was a film of two halves because the other part of it, well, half, 80%, um, didn't seem to get any of the characters right or, or understand what the stakes. I, the episodes after waters of mars are not supposed to be this cartoony yeah it feels like they it ends on such a dour like concerning note i get that when he shows up he's in denial but that's not the tone we have for the rest it was just hey it's your usual wacky look at their head shake they're all turned into howard saxon look at that or harold saxon um so but yeah eight i I put it in the launcher and that's what comes out because it ends, sorry, because it ends yeah. on a high. It ends on this yeah. perfect note. So, you, so I think you have to weight it on that order. So that's yeah, me. it's. Uh, I'm going. I'm torn between seven and seven and a half because it gets the, part two gets good like halfway through. Because when the doctor falls through, you still have about thirty minutes to go, and everything after that is fantastic. And I think that's why it, that's where I'm going seven and a half because. I can forgive everything before because what follows is just incredible and the perfect send off. It's just a shame that the episode before and half of the second part is weird. Uh, Should we take 10 minutes or so just quickly to talk about uh, Tenant's run as a whole? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I'll, I'll throw it, I'll chuck in RTD as well, just because this is the end of his yeah, era yeah. as well. Uh, I guess. I, I, We'll go RTD first because yep, Tennant is the, the main thing. Um, I think is is because you know he brought he revived the series. He brought it to what it needed to to be for a modern audience. And I I, I don't think there was a bigger moment of boom for the show really. Maybe other than the fiftieth special where people were going crazy about David Tennant's final episode. David Tennant's just tenure on the show, and it's it's down to Russell. A lot of it is down to Russell T Davies making a a series that has an arc throughout from series one to series four and it just it works it really does um it's really interesting i mean the guy had to i mean he sort of pitched what he imagined doctor who being upon its return and uh obviously had to tweak that during his his run and it had to go to a more uh adult mature place and yet he oversaw that really well and you can i mean there are people who will argue to this day that david Tennant's run is the is the run of yeah. of, of of the show uh most people willing to do that and then give the majority of people i think would name Tennant or matt smith as their doctor i think that's the overall majority yeah. and probably with like a 60 40 split towards Tennant. if i'm just ballparking um, I, th- I think yeah every every poll i always see on twitter most people always go for Tennant because he he really was the modern day doctor. 
Yeah, I mean, there's bits where Eccleston, you kind of went, maybe it wasn't, you know, the white T-shirt and the leather jacket. And I understand why it'd be that. But he was only there for a year, and his, his, his humor seemed kind of hokey and didn't have enough of the heart. And then Tennant yeah. comes along, and he's stylish, right? He's got the suits. And, uh, and he's sexy. He's, he's sexy, funny. but he's, he's like, he's ner- he's like nerdy, sexy, and cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he's funny, but not funny in like a wah, 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 kind of way. Like you know, he wasn't he wasn't telling dad jokes like Eccleston. He was doing. Yeah, he, he was, was just, just sort of goofy. He was he was dry. He was quick. Yeah. So uh, definitely. Um, but Russell T Davies oversees this transition and establishes Modern Who to the place where many people might claim it's. I mean, he leaves Russell. Not sorry, he leaves Moffat with the show in really good hands. And, yeah. you know, his final episode is the highest rated episode of Doctor Who ever on BBC America. And it was a reason for that. I think it's just, yeah. yeah. It it really was the culmination of, of everything. And I think we said at some point, you can, I, I can totally see why people would be like, yeah, this this works as a perfect finale. He goes off on another adventure and he has he has a great time. But if this was the final ever episode, you'd, you'd, you'd understand. Because when, when a showrunner leaves, it sort of cements a, almost finality of the show of a of a part and then it can continue for a new audience but i think that's part of the you know appeal of doctor who specifically yeah is that you can have these chapters that clearly get marked and then someone new comes and takes over and shows you their version of it i think batman's actually very similar i was doing a pod with uh a bunch of other podcasters that we're gonna be dropping on uh yesterday new year's eve we dropped it and uh, I'm kind of looking ahead to 2022, but we're looking ahead to Batman. Yeah. And, and I was thinking during that time, I didn't mention, I should have mentioned that explicitly out loud, but it came to my head that Batman gets to be reimagined in a way very similar to Doctor Who, where you get to put your own spin on it, but it doesn't feel, yeah. it doesn't feel like a cheap retread, like some of the spinoffs or reboots can. It feels like each one is kind of uniquely its own. And therefore, I argue, yeah. you, don't, you don't get Batman fatigue in the same way as you're going to get fatigue of other franchises this year. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess from that we'll go to to the man of the hour, David Tennant. Just his his time from yeah. his introduction to his ending. I mean, what's really impressive about his time is he was able to reinvent himself after the Rose Tyler storyline. Even though they came back to yeah. it, he was able to continue and have what four runs in a sense. Uh, he had yeah, essentially he had, he had Martha, he had Rose. He had Donna Noble, and then he had uh, the final year with the sort of, you know, person of the month. The specials, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was able to sort of, uh, not this time, but when, when I watched it for the first time, I remember texting a friend and going, I'm not getting this Martha Jones stuff. She's she's <laughs> rubbish. And then he said, hang on, she's really good. And I was like, nope, you're wrong. Not that I was the biggest uh, Rose Tyler fan, because I really wasn't. Or Billy Piper fan, I should say. Uh, yeah. But um, no, and then and then Martha Jones definitely grew on me. And I thought it was very, very, very good. And you can definitely argue, we, we, we've done Martha Jones dirty here. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. If, if we're able to go back for this for like a, a season two or something, we're basically just going to do series three of Doctor Who. <laughs> we'll make like, sure we th- do. There's, there's no denying we'll, that. We'll do a proper Martha episode at some point yeah. if we do a season yeah. two. Um, yeah. But we got a long way to go still on season one. Um, yeah, we 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 got a we got a lot of time. I think but, 
I think Tennant yeah. has had more scope than any. Morvan Smith, maybe Capaldi's on the same wavelength as far as where his emotions are allowed to go. Um, yeah. But I mean, Tennant was able to go to romantic places, and that's a place they haven't let him go. They haven't really let the, the doctor go, to the best of my knowledge, since. So. I Well, Smith does with, with River, and to an extent, I well, guess. River. Okay. He gets married. You're married. whoop dee There's not a romance. I think, if, if anything, I think Capaldi has more of a romance with River than Smith does. Yeah, and I think uh, yes, that's just I agree, because, but we know that they're yeah. married at that point. I mean, like, a, yeah, yeah. The will yeah. they, won't they fan fiction y, the thing that blew the internet up with the whole Rose Tyler, yeah. I'm burning up a star to say goodbye. Like, we didn't do any of this stuff. Maybe Eleven and Clara, but I think that was more just like, oh, I think that's that's one sided. I think for Clara, I'll give you Eleven and the love triangle with Amy and Rory. Yeah. There's a little bit of that, but it's always just sort of like on the on the sur on surface on the periphery. Like, will it? Will I don't know. Potentially, yeah. this actually happens. This literally happens, yeah. and we we give her a manifestation of a doctor in human form and say, "Go away." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. He gets to be the most human in a sense from that point. He gets to... Hey, he didn't get to live with James Corden. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, but no, I, I like that Tennant gets this great multi-series arc where each series has an arc, but the show as a whole adds to another story between it. And I really like that. By the end of each series, he he has an arc, but it adds upon its, itself each time. And it works really well, and I like I really like seeing that evolution and development of his character as the Doctor. And it, I, as much as we've we've ragged on this episode, it really does pay off here. It really pays off by the end. Yeah, I I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. It's just been a uh, yeah, it's just a long one. It's just been. I mean, Ted Ted is great. Ted is great, and uh, was yeah. Was it the right time for him to leave? I guess for his career, he'd look back and go, yeah, he's done Broadchurch. He's done uh, Good Omens. DuckTales. He's done DuckTales. <laughs> he's done some, yeah. some, some Harry Potter. Um, he's done all right for himself, he has. Oh, he did Jessica Jones as well. Jessica he's, Jones. He's done a decent amount, yeah. Yeah, so Tennant's done okay for himself, and Matt Smith is starting to do well for himself too. So I think it's important to sort of raise your profile and then get out, it seems to be. Um, yeah. I would have been happy to see him do it for, you know, like do like a Tom Baker run, but may, I hold out hope. You know me, I'm still hoping there's another run for Tennant. I'm there was this rumor I saw, a really interesting rumor because um, for like the 50th or no, the 60th or something yeah. where um, they do like a multi-doctor miniseries between like Tennant, Smith and basically whoever else they can get. I would... I think it might be too early to get Jodie to do another series as much as I'd really like her to see her be written by RTD. Yeah. I this I again, this is complete like rumor and speculation and I'm just having what to, if we're going to have to wait. But. What if he could heal the time war? And what if he could bring back Christopher Eki Eki Eki? <sighs> I I'd love to see that. Because Eccleston's now doing Big Finish, and I think he's on like his second series of Big Finish. Yeah. Um, but because Russell was essentially the reason that he had the falling out with the BBC. Oh, was it I, Russell? Oh, okay. Yeah, he and Russell just had like some conflicts on set because of like how Russell did the 
did like the production and everything and sort of like personal politics yeah. of how you run a show. I right. think that I, I want to say there's room to forgive and forget. Maybe I don't think Eccleston is the kind of man to let things go because in his autobiography he was a bit. Is it possible yeah, Eccleston it. might see him now as this? Because definitely Russell T Davies' profile has right has risen since this since yeah. he left. But you know, if he's not going to come back for the was it the fiftieth and the fact that they had all yeah. of the doctors come out and he was like a st- he was like a wax figure like a still image. Yeah, well, the only reason the we got well, doctors or whatever. Yeah. yeah, the only reason we got John Hurt was just because uh, Eccleston wouldn't do it. Yeah, well, I'm hmm. I'm hoping he could come back. He could It'd come be back. nice, but I think we that's uh we we got at least at this point we got a year and a half, a year and a couple months until then. And yeah. That's wild. Um, but but that's still still tenant favorite tenant. I think tenant would favorite tenant episode. Oh. Oh, that's would really be difficult. Um, I'm gonna waters on Mars. So just in 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 general. Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I like waters on yeah. Mars probably for both, but uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm gonna go human. The the two part of human human nature and the family of blood, because I think that is. Did we cover that? No. Oh, oh, oh just in general? <laughs> or kinda, do you mean for the show? I was thinking what we covered, yeah. I mean, people oh, like oh okay, okay. I'm an idiot. Um, no, you're all right. I'm going to go... Just think. Voyage of the Damned. Voyage of the Damned is good. It's the silent rage in that the final, like, 20 minutes that I still think back on the speech he gives. Like, yeah. It really was perfect for me. Like, especially as someone who, before we watched Voyage of the Damned, I was like, is it really that good? Oh, and he's, he, he, he steals the show. Yeah. And it's like you said when we did it, it is the beginning of Time Lord Victorious. It is you. It is the earliest in the timeline you could see where he's starting to have his, his doubts about whether or not he should let people die or not. And I, I, I just, I love his chemistry as well with uh, Kylie Minogue. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah. Least favorite uh, Doctor Who detenant episode ooh, that we've done. Ooh, ooh. I don't want to say this one because I do enjoy a lot of aspects of this. Um, oh, that's difficult. I'm going to let you go first while I think back of the actual episodes we've done. Uh, hmm. I don't know if it's fair for me to say this, but Christmas Invasion is the one that jumps into my head. Uh, No, that's a good one. He spends the whole episode asleep. It's really more of a... If it's not that, then I'm going of a two-parter with Army of Ghosts and uh, and Doomsday. But uh, I'm... My, my first inclination is to go Christmas Invasion. Uh, he's still acting. And, you know, we talked about it when we did it. Like, he, he was written to sound like Nine. But it just reminded me of everything yeah. I didn't like about Nine. He hadn't quite figured out. And that, I know it's part of the storyline. He hasn't figured out who he is. But it was just, there's nothing appealing about me watching the Doctor sleep. Something that never happened the rest of the run. So nervous. I'm in the first 36 hours of my regenerating. So I can grow a hand back. Oh, it was, it was, it was poor. I'll go with that as well. Mainly because I, I remembered that I chose episodes that are like actually good and I can't just be like love and monsters. Um, no, I, I'll go with Christmas invasion as well. So much of it. He, like you said, he is asleep and it's, it doesn't get good until like the final 10 minutes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, 
Oh God, what else? Our favorite, favorite, favorite moment of his whole run. Oh. Yeah, a bit of a Ooh. bit of a big one. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go. The laws of time are mine because the performance of yeah. being like psychotic and angry and vengeful is so good, and it's terrifying, and it's the most undoctor moment, and I love it because it's so. It's it really is the culmination of where the arc is going. And I really, really do like how iconic that's become. I'm going to double down and say, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I could say yeah. five of them and they'd all be right. I'll double down and say it's uh, Wilf trying to give him the gun. And yeah. I almost went, oh, it's definitely, it's his final. I could have done so much more. I'm, I didn't really put that as my favorite for the episode. So it's, uh, yeah. it is, it's weird. When I think about his run, I mean, you often think about th- their regenerative sort of scene because it's, it's always a big deal. Yeah. And so I think there's something in that. Uh, it, it, I'll say this much it's my favorite regeneration. Ooh, it's my favorite okay. one of those. Maybe it was, I reserve the right to change my mind, but yeah. on a, on first blush, definitely my favorite regeneration. As far like as Akusu. as far as his last moment, yeah. Um, last, yeah, it's interesting. I again, I, we can go in this with like Smith and Capel. I, I, yeah. it's so difficult for me to rate them because I like I like yeah. each of them for so many different reasons, and we we, we can go into that later. But um, yeah, so there's that. Yeah, it, it is. It's a it's a very powerful one. Favorite companion. I mean, a bit of a maybe it's a bit of an easy one on that one, but. Oh, it's always it's always Donna for me. I was, I okay, Donna I'll so go much. Rose, but it's not. I don't. I don't really rate the companions. Oh, hang yeah. on, hang on, hang on. Do, can I? Can I? Can I? Is he there enough? No, I don't think. I don't think Captain Jack's with him enough, or else I might give. I think Captain Jack was yeah. with. He's was like with, a secondary companion. Was with Eccleston a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe favorite singular episode companion. Oh, favorite one off. Yeah. I'm going Astrid. I really, really like Astrid. I think she's because it's so tragic. Like her arc is so tragic, and I really like the dynamic is between this Kylie? the two. Because yeah. the yeah, this is Kylie. Yeah, because they're both at this point they're both very dream. Like they're just dreaming of something better, and they both have different reactions to when it is proven wrong. And I I love that as a dynamic between them. Yeah, I too will go with Kylie. Um, honorable mention. Like the waters of Mars is fantastic, but she's not a companion yeah. in the traditional sense, so I can't I can't really include that. An honorable mention yeah. for Harriet Jones, Prime Minister, who never actually gets in the TARDIS. But <laughs> yeah, no, she she's she's a great she's a great Russell T Davies character. Yeah, she's good. She's good. So it's a good uh, thing she didn't hop on a motorcycle and and, and survive the Daleks. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, never happened. Never happened. <laughs> and then maybe favorite, uh, favorite uh, alien, villain, species, whatever you want to call it, of of the run, ooh, of, ooh, of of a tenant ooh, that's run. A, that's a difficult one. You can, you can go speak. You can go speak. Oh shoot! Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can hear. I think I've just jammed my, my headphones. One second. There we are. Uh, favorite. Um, you could go maybe like favorite race and then favorite individual if need be. So, uh, oh. That's really difficult. I'm going to go with, for a group, I'll go for Weeping Angels because it was their debut. Yeah. 
and they're pretty stinking scary in Blink. So it's a heck of a of a first run out. Huh. See, my brain wants to be like the master, but this is because I'm thinking of series three master and not the master we've witnessed. So I, I'm not including that. Difficult. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go Dal. I'm gonna go with the Daleks. I really, really like the Daleks in the Russell C. Davies era, especially in Stolen Earth and Journey's End, but specifically because of Davros. So yeah, Davros. Davros, Davros is my individual. Davros is my individual and my yeah. overall species. I'm gonna go with Weeping Angels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's really about all I've got as yeah. far as as far as uh the, the tenant era goes. Uh definitely a bit melancholic saying much like the man said himself i don't really want him to go yeah nights no, i've been thinking about this one for a while since we started and i was like because we did equiston so quickly by the time we got to this i'm like oh, it's, it actually snuck up on me if when that- we were doing waters of mars halfway through the recording went Oh, we actually are getting to the end of we it. Are, it kind of hit. It kind of hit me again. Unlike Eccleston, it felt like we actually had a few more. Like we we we, we yeah. did do a few on this one. So yeah, yeah. And I think that's what makes it a bit more bittersweet because we've really got to appreciate it again. Agree. Uh, but I guess that's a good way to lead into the next episode. This might shock a load of people. Uh, we're doing we're do- <laughs> doing Matt Smith's first episode, yeah. eleventh hour. You have to do <laughs> it. You have to. I'm like, what can I? What else are we gonna do? I think the last three episodes have been like, what do you think we're doing next? The, yeah, the final episode. You gotta, like, you gotta yeah. do that. I mean, yeah. no, I mean, <laughs> Eccleston and Tennant had had Rose Tyler, and yeah. and you know matt smith has amy pond and you know it's yeah. it's important that we establish this we get to we get to see matt smith for the for the first time we get introduced to amy rory the the new tardis the the crack in the wall that won't go on for too long bow ties and are we get, cool we get fezzes yeah we we've got a, a whole new a whole new showrunner just ever whole new way of shooting the show to make oh, it more we, cinematic we, we got production values going oh, through the great. roof yeah i know we've been really sad because we're saying goodbye to tenant but i'm i am excited to be able to sort of gush about some more things there is a lot to look forward to in the matt smith era. yeah from my perspective it is not a sizable step down in fact i might mm. argue that for the first couple seasons especially the writing might be superior maybe definitely series five russell I, t davies is really big on let's have the whole universe end. i think i i think i appreciate that moffat showed a little bit more restraint yeah yeah so with that yeah we'll, we'll be covering the 11th hour and go into matt smith so thank you so much for listening if you've been listening wanting to catch up on the best film ever content that we had at the end of 2021 we had our episode on love actually and die hard i don't know when our real roundtable on musicals is coming out but uh, it's coming that, out at a point that dropped december 28th ethan so yeah so that's out there cool. you can catch our cinematic council of podcasts how's that how's that for some branding Ooh. the ccp here at the bfe uh, where we take a look ahead at 2022 and talk about what we're excited about and talk about covid and what's that going to do for yeah. the cinema experience and we kind of discuss you know 
are films COVID proof? Was Spider-Man a good thing to have happen right at the height of the Omicron? <laughs> Which we didn't know it was coming, but it's here. And so we kind yeah. of go by a rundown, some of your favorites, uh, maybe things that people are looking forward to in 2022, as well as we make our prediction for which film will lead the box office for the year overall. And I'm joined by some excellent podcasts on that. We've got Ed from the podcast, so the Film Effect podcast. We've got Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die. We've got Danny doing a double from the It's a Musical podcast. Hey. Uh, we've got Carlo from the Movie Loot on. And I'm forgetting one who, oh, we have uh, Agent Scott from Spy Hearts on with us. Oh, so fantastic. Yeah, so it was a really, really fun conversation, actually. So people should definitely go check that out. And also, the day this comes out, we'll have, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, our Patreon has launched. And if you're somehow listening to this, like that, like within the hour it launched, you might have a chance to be the person who chooses what our first film of 2022 will be That's if right. you're the first person to donate. Uh, you're the first one in the Patreon, Patreon pool. If you're the first one in, yeah. no matter what tier, if you are first in, we are going to be recording as we watch the uh, as we watch the screen occur. And we well, once we have our first person in, you are choosing the film, and we are excited mm. about this. You could choose a lot. It could be Doctor Who the movie. It could, it oh, could geez, be. It could be. <laughs> it could be. We've don't let it be that. <laughs> Uh, it's still, it's still, to meet, it still has to meet our criteria, so yeah, we're all right yeah. there. But uh, no, we're looking forward to that. Uh, definitely, we've had multiple people already, multiple people already say they're going to be in the Patreon pool. So we're like, excellent. But who's going to be number one? They're going to have yeah. that choice. And then don't forget, if you're in the Patreon, we've got the besties. We've got the resties coming up in the probably the first couple of weeks of 2022. Yeah. So if you want to give your votes as well, thoughts for that, follow us as well on Best Film Ever Pod on Facebook and Twitter, where you might be able to catch some more special content and keep up with what we're doing. So for a final thank you for listening to a very long Who Do You Think You Are? I've been Ethan. And I've been Ian. And despite just saying that we've been doing this for a very long time, I have to say, I don't want to go. We'll see you next time. I'll see you.